afternoon, baseball fans. This is Herb Carneal, along with Bob Prince, welcoming you to Metropolitan Stadium in Bloomington, Minnesota, and the 1965 All-Star Baseball Game. Brought to you by Gillette, maker of the incomparable Gillette stainless steel blade, the world's sharpest, easiest shaving, number one in sales by far, and the slim adjustable razor, foamy shaving cream, light guard deodorant, and sun-up aftershave. And by Chrysler Corporation, makers of the new 1965 Plymouth, Dodge, Dodge Trucks, Chrysler, and Imperial, all quality engineered by Chrysler Corporation. For your listening pleasure, Gillette and Chrysler will also bring you the World Series in the 1966 Rose Bowl game over most of the same stations. Well, from Metropolitan Stadium here in Bloomington, Minnesota, the home of the American League, Minnesota Twins, we want to welcome you to the 36th in the long and colorful series of All-Star Games between the National League and the American League All-Stars. And as most of you know, after the first 35 games have been played, the tally sheet now reads the American League 17 wins, the National League 17 wins. There has been one tie, and of course, no game was played in the war year of 1945. So we are certainly uh, looking forward with great anticipation to the 36th game uh, here in this ballpark, the home of the Minnesota Twins, and one club certainly will break the tie. Let's give you the starting lineup now for the home American League club, managed by Al Lopez. Uh, with his coaches, he will have Sam Mealy, the manager of the host team here, the Minnesota Twins, and also from the White Sox own staff, Al Lopez has selected Don Gutteridge. Leading off for the American League today at shortstop from the Detroit Tigers will be left-handed batting Dick McAuliffe. McAuliffe at shortstop. Batting at the number two spot from the Baltimore Orioles and playing at third base will be Brooks Robinson, the American League's most valuable player of last year. Brooks Robinson at third. In the number three spot and from the Minnesota Twins at first base will be Harmon Killebrew. In the cleanup spot for the American League, from the Cleveland Indians, Rocky Colavito will be in right field. Detroit's fine rookie left fielder, Willie Horton, the youngest man on the American League squad, 22 years old. Willie Horton will be in left field, batting in the number five spot. From the Boston Red Sox, Felix Mantilla will be at second base. Mantilla batting sixth. From the Cleveland Indians in center field and batting seventh, little Vic Davileo. Davileo in center field. Catching for the American League and from the host Minnesota Twins Club will be Earl Batty, who received, incidentally, more votes than any other American League player. Batty will be catching and batting eighth. And the starting pitcher today for the American League will be right-hander Milt Pappas of the Baltimore Orioles. Milt will be appearing in his third All-Star game. His record so far in the American League season for 1965 is nine wins and three losses. Well, regarding the National League, I know there's been some anxiety about the condition of the incomparable Willie Mays of the San Francisco Giants, who was hurt in a collision at home plate a few days ago. But to bring us up to date now on Willie's condition and also with the opening lineup for the National League here at Metropolitan Stadium, a fellow with whom it will be my pleasure to share the microphone this afternoon. The voice of the Pittsburgh Pirates, Bob Prince. Bob? 
Thank you very much, Herb. Very nice to be aboard with you here at Metropolitan Stadium and beaming this one around the country, and it's going to be a whale of a ball game, no denying that. With regard to Willie Mays, his conversations down on the field, he does not anticipate any uh, hampering. Uh, it was an injury that occurred as the result of a collision between Philadelphia Phillies catcher Pat Corrales and Willie Mays, in which Corrales was rendered unconscious. Both were carried off the field on stretchers. Mays is all right. Corrales is coming back very strongly, too. In the background, you can hear some applause as uh, the National League visiting stars are now being introduced to this huge and sellout throng here at Metropolitan Stadium. So for the National League, this is their lineup as selected by Gene Mock. The Philadelphia Phillies manager, who is the manager, of course, of the National League All-Stars. Leading off and playing in center field in his 12th All-Star game, Willie Mays. Batting number two and playing right field in his 12th All-Star appearance, Henry Aaron of the Milwaukee Braves. In left field and his second appearance in All-Star competition, Pittsburgh left fielder Willie Stargell. Stargell, batting third. Batting in the number four spot, last year's Rookie of the Year of the National League, third baseman of the Philadelphia Phillies, Richie Allen. Batting fifth from the Milwaukee Braves, catcher Joe Torre. In the sixth spot, and playing at first base, the fabulous Ernie Banks of the Chicago Cubs. Second baseman, Pete Rose, in his first appearance in the All-Star, he is of the Cincinnati Reds. The base stealing is man of all time, Maury Wills of the Los Angeles Dodgers, will bat eight and play it short. And on the mound, that high-kicking right-handed senior, Juan Marichal of the San Francisco Giants, who has won 14 and lost seven. Ladies and gentlemen, here is our national anthem. This is WGY 810 on the dial, Schenectady. The time is 2 p.m. The umpires have taken their positions, and we're waiting uh, for the American League, which will occupy the home team dugout here at Metropolitan Stadium, which is along the first baseline. The National League is on the third base side. And now just emerging uh, from the bullpen is the starting American League pitcher, 
right-hander Mel Pappas, who incidentally is the only pitcher on the American League staff who has seen previous All-Star experience. Mills has worked a couple of innings, and although some of the other pitches on the American League squad uh, have been in or selected for more than one All-Star team, Pappas is the only pitcher who has seen uh, any uh, game action here in the American League Classic. Pappas, uh, just last Friday night, shut out the Chicago White Sox back in Baltimore one to nothing. And uh, Juan Marichal also pitched a shutout for the Giants his last time out. And there goes the American League. The American League, which never has been headed in the All-Star game, which, of course, was the dream of the late Arch Ward, sports editor of the Chicago Tribune, who saw his idea come to fruition back in the early 30s with the first game played at Comiskey Park in 1933. The American League won the first three games of the series before the National League could break through. And as I said, the American League never has been headed, but they are on the verge of uh, falling behind unless they can win this one here today. Now, setting up uh, the American League defensively for you with Pappas pitching and Earl Banny catching, at third base will be Brooks Robinson of the Baltimore Orioles. At shortstop, Dick McAuliffe of the Detroit Tigers. At second base, Felix Mantilla of the Boston Red Sox. And at first base, Harmon Killebrew of the Minnesota Twins. In the American League outfield will be Willie Horton of the Detroit Tigers in left field. Vic Davileo, who will be the smallest uh, man to appear in the game today. Little Vic out in center field from the Cleveland Indians. And his teammate in right field, Rocky Calavito. Bobby Bregan of the Milwaukee Braves will be coaching at third. Dick Sisler of Cincinnati at first for the National League. The peg goes down to second. And back on the mound out of Milk Pappas. We're ready to go here for game number 36 in the All-Star Series. And to get us underway with the play-by-play, a pleasure once again to call in Bob Prince. Thank you, Herb, and hello again, everybody. And the outfield, Willie Mays, is setting a little bit around to the left side and checking on the sun situation, Vic Davileo, out there in center field. The gap to Mays will be in right center field. Moving over to the right is Felix Mantia, the Boston Red Sox second baseman. Milt Pappas, on the year, just previous to this, has been in 17 ball games, 17 starts, completing seven has a fine ERA of 1.74. Mays cuts on the first pitch, fouls it off to the right out of play. John Stevens, the American League umpire, behind the plate, is a typical American League umpire in the equipment that he wears. They all go for the outside chest protector, whereas on the National League side, they all wear the inside. Willie Mays with a fabulous 392 average in the composite of previous All-Star games is tied with Musial in total hits of 20. There's a fly ball for the gap. Left center field deep. And Dick Natalia going way back, way back. And it is gone. Home run, Willie Mays. So he sets every record in the book right there. Total bases, most hits in the series. And Willie bangs to the deep left center alley. third all-star home run and Mays cuts around. Batting in the number two spot, another feared National League slugger in his 12th all-star appearance is Henry Aaron at 3-2-6, 17 homers and 39 runs batted in. The outfield plays him straight out and it's low ball one from Pappas. Willie wasted no time. He crashed it deep into left center. 
It's a two-tiered open uh, stand. There's a swing by Henry Aaron on the curveball, one and one. So the National League All-Stars jump into a one-nothing lead here in the top of the first. Nobody out. Robinson tightens up a little close to third, and Mays fouls it straight back. Ball one and strike two. They put up on the board a 415-foot home run by Willie Mays. This is the only ballpark with a built-in instant tape measure report in the major leagues where they have it worked out so that you can tell just how far it went. Pappas knows how far it went, just too far. One ball, two strikes to Henry Aaron. Pappas comes back with a breaking ball outside and low, ball two, two, two. Bob, speaking of uh, tape measure jobs, I believe the longest home run uh, hit in this park so far has been measured uh, off the bat of Harmon Killebrood, went about 455 feet. Two balls, two strikes, and it's low, ball three. Well, Harmon will have a shot. He'll be up batting third in the American League side when the Nationals are out. John Stevens of the American League behind the plate, Lee Wire, Lou DeMuro, Billy Williams on the lines with Valentine and Kibler. 3-2 is hit deep to left field. Back goes Willie Horton. Appears to have this one measured in front of the warning track, and it's one down. So with the National League leading one to nothing, now here is Pittsburgh's Willie Stodgill, the left fielder at 2-9-0. 21 home runs and 66 runs batted in. This youngster in his second all-star appearance has what they call in the National League and in all of baseball a very quick bat. Can sting a ball a fur piece, as Mr. Ricky used to say. The outfielder around to the right on him. They'll gap him in left center and pull Horton, the left fielder, well off the line. Stodgill was known as On the Hill Will. When he was in the minor leagues, he played where there was a big hill outside the right field, and they'd say, On the Hill Will, and he obliged more often than not. Ball high from Pappas. Ball on, no strikes. Dick Navalio, the center fielder, well over to his left and deep. Stodgill takes a breaking ball into the dirt. Ball two, two and oh. Willie Mays electrifying this huge throng with a long blast to left center field, and the Nationals lead one to nothing. Two balls and no strikes. Stodgill's had his look to Bregan at third. Pappas comes back with a curve, laced into center for a solid base hit. Davileo comes up to grab it, and Willie Stodgill is in with a single. And now the Wampum Walloper from Wampum, Pennsylvania, and third baseman of the Philadelphia Phillies, Richie Allen, in his first National League All-Star game. He's batting at 3-2-8 on the season, 12 home runs, 54 runs batted in. This boy was a very fabulous basketball player. The outfield plays him deep and around to the left. Pappas checks at first. And a foul straight back by Richie Allen. The outfield, as we say, deep left. The right fielder, Coladito, is giving Allen about 90 feet of the line. Serb Carneal told you, 344 down the left line, 365 to left center of the power alley, 402 to right center, and 365 a little shorter of right center. 3.30 down the right field line, ground measurement. No balls, a strike. The Nationals lead 1-0 on a homer by Willie Mays in the first inning. The runner at first is Stargell. Breaking ball is outside from Pappas. Ball on strike one. Mill is counted on heavily for the Baltimore Orioles and their pennant surge for 1965. Has an excellent ERA over the junior loop, as it's known, of 1.74. 
One ball, one strike delivery is popped up. Shortstop Dick McAuliffe wants it. Drift is back on the edge of the outfield grass, and it's uh, two away. Now then, the catcher from the Milwaukee Braves, Joe Torrey, at 3-1-3 for the National League batting average thus far. 17 home runs and 49 runs batted in. Joe Torrey has played the outfield, has caught, of course, and has also played first base for Bobby Bregan of the Milwaukee Braves. Outfield straight out to him, but deep. Boy has tremendous power. When his teammate, Warren Spahn, looked at him in his first year of Torrey's appearance, Warren said, I wish I had that boy's future. And Torrey came back with, and I wish I had his past, meaning his great baseball past. There's a sinking pitch low ball one from Pappas. Undoubtedly, if without injuries, Torrey will go on to tremendous stardom. He's batting, as we said, at 3-1-3 in the National League race. Outfield... Just about straight away to him. Pappas comes back on the 1-0, and he's inside on the fist. Ball 2, 2-0. Nationals in front, 1-0 here in the top of the first. Mays led off with a booming homer to left center. Aaron flied to left field. Stargell singled up the middle, and Allen popped to short. Two down. Pappas checks Stargis. Yeah, Stargell comes in on 2-0, and there's a long one to left. If it stays fair, you can kiss it goodbye. It's going way out of here, and it is gone for a home run for Torrey. And the Nationals lead 3-0. Alex Sayer, the Nationals brought some firepower with them. Well, that's for sure, Bob. And, of course, uh, the pitcher out there, Mel Pappas of Baltimore, features a, a good, hard-sinking fastball and a slatter. And Milt knew, uh, pitching to these great National League hitters, that he'd have to keep the ball down low with that sinker, but apparently he's uh, getting it up too high, and that was certainly the case on Torrey, who just leaned into it and knocked it out. Yes, he did, and he got it up even higher. And now Ernie Banks, who is no mean fellow, belts the first pitch down the left field line, and Horton comes up, and that's the fourth hit off Milt Pappas. Now the seventh man of the lineup, Pete Rose, the switch batting second baseman of the Cincinnati Reds. There is now some action stirring around in the American League bullpen out the right field line. Rose, a switch batter, possessed of great speed, batting at 299 on the year. Three homers, 32 runs batted in. Banks short lead at first, held by Killebrew. Ball outside from Pappas. Jim Grant is loosening up. Of course, very familiar sight here to the Minnesota Twins, he being a twin. One ball, no strikes. Pappas checks again on Banks, the pitch, and Rose takes a slider high. Ball two, two up. Toy really drilled that one a mile down the left field line. The only question whether it would remain fair, and with the wind blowing from left across, he had a little help that way in keeping it fair. Two balls and no strikes. Pappas works to Rose, and he's high. The ball gets away from catcher Earl Batty. No advance by Banks on the short pass ball. Three balls and no strikes. The on-deck batter, the fabulous Maury Wills. One of the few times in his career, certainly in his major league career, is batting number eight. It's 3-0. Here in the top half of the first two down, the batter Rose. And he takes 3-1. Wills is in the leadoff spot for the Dodgers. 
but here in the All-Star game is batting number eight. Now the 3-1 from Pappas, and Rose slices a foul off the left side out of play. 3-2, and Banks now with two out will be going. You're just getting in on the broadcast. Willie Mays opened up with a long home run in the first inning here. Then Henry Aaron flied to deep left. Stodgill right up the middle with a line single. Allen popped up. Joe Torrey homered in deep down the left line to score. Stodgill before him, and then Banks whipped a single into left. So that four hits have been surrendered by Milt Pappas of the Baltimore Orioles here in the top of the first. Three balls, two strikes. Holding a little closer now to Banks. There goes the runner, and Rose fouls it back. Pete Rose is a young fellow who even runs out of base on balls. He exhibits tremendous hustle for the Cincinnati Reds, who, as you know, of baseball fame. He in fandom has a club that is to be reckoned with in the National League. Cincinnati, Milwaukee, the Dodgers, St. Louis Cardinals, Philadelphia Phillies, all tied up in a whale of a race in the senior circuit. Ball three and strike two to Rose. Banks edging off first. Pappas checks over there. From the stretch comes in. He walks him. So we have the first base on balls here, and Banks into second, and Rose on to first, and now shortstop Maury Wills. Maury batting at 275 for the Dodgers, no home runs and 15 runs batted in, has already stolen 55 bases coming into the All-Star break, and is well beyond his record of games in which he stole enough bases a couple of years ago to set the all-time record of 104. He is a switch hitter. And when he is playing, along with all the others in the Dodgers, he owns a rather unique situation. The Dodgers have, I should say, perhaps the most unique thing in all of baseball. Pitch to Wills, a check swing, bounce back to Milt Pappas. And the throw over to retire the side. So the Nationals are in front by a score of 3 to nothing. A razor being stopped. This sound went out with a straight razor. Whoever heard of stropping razor blades? Oddly enough, the early stainless steel blades did have to be stropped. Stropped on your face as you shaved. You see, most stainless blades have a kind of coat along the cutting edge. With the early blades, this coating was wildly uneven. As you shaved, you evened it out. You might say you were stropping the blade on your face. This stropping stopped with the Gillette stainless steel blade. Gillette had developed an exclusive process for coating the blade edge evenly. No valleys, no peaks, no mistakes to correct on your face. The finest stainless steel blade in the world from Gillette. here at Metropolitan Stadium with the Nationals leading the American League All-Stars 3 to nothing on three runs and four hits. Juan Marichal of the San Francisco Giants, 14-7 and seven on the year, is on the mound. Marichal has been in 21 uh, games this year, once in relief, started 20, has completed 15 to show you what a great pitcher he is, and an earned run average of 1.55. He kicks very high with his foot, and he'll draw the oohs and ahs of this crowd. He face now with shortstop Dick McCall for the Detroit uh, Tigers, who's in at 298. 11 homers and 38 runs batted in. 
Out of the left-hand batter takes it low and away, ball one. And uh, Marichal went right straight down to one knee as he came off that pitch. And Joe Torres coming out to check with him for just a moment. The National League sets up defensively. Richie Allen at third, Maury Wills at short, Pete Rose at second, and Ernie Banks at first. Willie Stargell in left field, Willie Mays in center, Henry Aaron in right. Joe Torrey, the battery mate of Juan Marichal. Dick McAuliffe of the Detroit Tigers at 298, a left-hand batter. Marichal's curve is a little high for a ball. Don Gutteridge of the White Sox coaching at third over at first, Sam Neely of the Minnesota Twins. They have a rather unique foul line situation here, red, white, and blue foul lines. 2-0 pitch from Marichal is outside, ball three and one, shakes his head a little bit in disgust at himself, not the umpire. 3-0 Nationals here in the bottom of the first as Dick McAuliffe leads it off on deck, Brooks Robinson of the Baltimore Orioles. And there's a high looping uh, fly ball down the left line going out foul. Wills and Allen over. It is Maury Wills down the foul side of third that accepts the chance, and it is one away. 3-0 in favor of the National League All-Stars in the bottom of the first, and now third baseman Brooks Robinson, the MVP of the American League last year. Baltimore's fine third baseman at 2.99. Five homers, 25 runs batted in. Marichal bent way over. Now will kick very high. And in there for a strike. Oh, and on. I understand that Robinson is uh, working a little bit uh, hampered with an injury. Yes, he is. He hurt his shoulder earlier this year and aggravated his left shoulder. He can't take that real good cut at the ball, Bob. No balls, one strike. Sidearm delivery sent low and away for the ball. One and one. Bending way over for the sign. Comes back on his fastball. It's hit foul off the right field line and drifting over into the seats. So it's one ball, two strikes. The National League, three runs, four hits, and no errors. The Americans still looking with one out and none on in the bottom of the first inning. Marichal on the one-two. Side arms as curveballs popped into shallow left. Will's back, Stargell up. Will still calling, but now Stargell takes him off the ball and makes the play, and it's two away. Juan Marichal, you know, is the only major league pitcher who's been a 20-game winner in each of the past two seasons. Now, here's a very popular young man, Mr. Harmon Killebrew of Minnesota. At 271, he's the first baseman, bats him right-handed, 16 home runs and 51 runs batted in. He is muscle from top to bottom. There's a high five ball center field toward Willie Mays. Pounds that mitt, and when Willie pounds the mitt, it's all over. And there it is. And saw the score at the end of one. National League three, the American League nothing. Say, do you want a shave that's really clean, big on comfort? Well, swing to Gillette, foamy shaving cream, and you'll get shaves that are big on comfort and really clean. Foamy contains K34 hexachlorophene, an antiseptic that destroys facial bacteria. Actually cleanses your skin while you shave. Foamy supersaturates your beard. Extra rich lather keeps your beard wetter, better all through your shave. Gives you a lubricating base so your razor glides through whiskers with such ease that 
Well, you just gotta try foamy to enjoy such downright comfort. You get a closer shave, an easier shave. So for shaves that are big on comfort, really clean, try foamy shaving cream. It has to shave better because it's made by Gillette. change now for the American League. Milt Pappas won't come out for the second inning, and Jim Grant of the Minnesota Twins, a veteran right-hander whom the Twins acquired from Cleveland last summer, and he's been doing a great job with Minnesota. He'll come into this game with a record of nine wins and two losses, and three of his nine victories so far this year have been shutouts. Jim, or Mudcat, as he's affectionately known uh, by his teammates, features a fastball, a curve, which he throws at two different speeds, a slider, and a changeup. Mel Pappas went one inning for three runs on four hits, no strikeouts, one uh, walk is as of this moment the pitcher of record. Juan Marichal stands in, the right-hand batter. The outfield over shifting to the right, rather shallow than Juan. There's a foul coming back and it'll be out of play. Nothing in one. Bobby Bregan of the Milwaukee Braves coaching over to third for the National League All-Stars. Dick Sessler of the Cincinnati Reds at first. Club being run as nominated by Commissioner Frick by Gene Mock of the Philadelphia Phillies. No balls and a strike. This curve is low from Grant. One ball, one strike. The commissioner made the switch when Johnny Keane went over with the New York Yankees having been the manager of the world champion St. Louis Cardinals. One ball, one strike. Fastball, bum right back to the middle. He goes with it, trying for it. Mantilla can't get it. That's the fifth base hit for the National League All-Stars. Marichal brought some lumber with him in addition to a fine pitching arm. And now Willie Mays is in again. Willie homered in the first inning. Deep in the left center field. Time called momentarily while Marichal puts on the warm-up jacket. May is in now with 21 hits in the all-star competition, which is a new record. Grant checks it first, sends his curve away, ball on. National League leading 3-0. Here in the top half of the second inning. This is a very beautiful stadium here in Bloomington, Minnesota. The 1-0 is down low again, ball two. Willie Horton in left field, Vic Davalio in center, Rocky Calavito in right. With Brooks Robinson at third, Dick McAuliffe at short, Felix Mantilla at second, and Harmon Killebrew at first. And Grant now pitching in place of Milt Pappas to his battery mate Earl Batty. Two balls and no strikes. This curve is up high, ball three. Mays is not ever looking around too much because he's always on his own. Three balls, no strikes. 
inside. They lost him, and that's the second walk. That'll send Marichal up into second base. And that'll bring up Henry Aaron, who fly deep to left field in the first inning. Henry Aaron playing right field. As you know, under the all-star rules of voting, no pitcher can go more than three innings unless it's an extra innings. And all the players voted upon to play must perform at least three innings unless injured. So now the Nationals have two on to Henry Aaron here. The outfield is about straight away to him. There's a high, long foul out of play. Strike one. Aaron, you know, defies an awful lot of the so-called traditions of batting. Bats off his front foot. And he swings that bat like it's a matchstick. And it isn't much more than that. He has tremendous wrist action. He's one of the great, great players of baseball. No balls, one strike. 3-0 National League here in the top half of the second. Two on and out. Grant steps off the mound. Marichal goes back in towards second. Jim Grant, the right-hander, taking a lot of time. Comes back with his curveball and his long away. One ball, one strike. in a suburb of Milwaukee. One ball, one strike. This curve is low, ball two, two and one. Alabama, by the way, holds the honor of spawning the greatest number of National League All-Stars. Four players, Aaron, Mays, Veal, and Williams, first saw the light of day in the Cotton State. Ball two and strike one to Henry Aaron. There's a hard chopper down to third. Robinson up, gets it on to Mantilla for one on the first base, a double play. Saw the American League All-Stars go around the horn on one. And Marichal moves over to third with two down now. Five, four, three if you're keeping score in that fashion. Third to second to first. Pretty tough to double Henry Aaron normally. He has to hit the ball very hard and right at you because you play your infield back with him up there. Now Willie Stargell, who singled and scored in front of Torrey's home run, standing in. Nationals leading here, 3-0 in the top half of the second inning. Left-hand batting Stargell lines it down, third foul. Just went over the bag in fair territory, but when it landed, it was out foul. So it's no balls and one strike. Oh, that must have been uh, some performance that Willie put on in uh, Chavez Ravine earlier this year. He certainly did put one on. It was one of the real bombing attacks. He just hit home runs and missed his fourth by a Nats eyelash. There's a foul. He chopped the tomahawk, the curveball, that hung up in his eyes. Nothing in two. He hit one on Drysdale out of sight in left center, then went up into the bleachers in right field, then went farther out and all the way out of the ballpark. I've never seen that happen before. And his fourth time up, Lined a double down the left field line and missed going out of the park, which would have been his fourth. No balls, two strikes, 3 nothing National League here in the top of the second. And Stodgill rips a drive deep right center field, and it is gone up by the scoreboard. And two more runs come in as Willie Stodgill gets his first home run, his second hit of the ballgame, in National League competition. And the long ball is annihilating... American League All-Stars. The 
only have four runs up there, but I think they better correct it because I know it is nothing. Marichal just walked in from third as Willie Stodgill did the long trot. Here's Richie Allen. He popped up to short his first time up. That's two hits in this inning. In for a strike to the right-hand uh, batting Philadelphia third baseman. And there's a left-hander up. Pete Rickert from Washington for the American League. Allen cuts over to change up. Ball one and strike one. Five nothing. National League. Top of the second. Two out and none on. One ball, one strike. Allen way over swung that time. And uh, check it, it was one and two, and it retires the side. Uh, so we're going out to the bottom of the second, and it's two to nothing in favor of the uh, it's five to nothing in favor of the National League All-Stars. You know, back in the 1934 All-Star game, Carl Hubble struck out consecutively five fellow Hall of Famers. How about these big names? Babe Ruth, Lou Gehrig, Jimmy Fox, Al Simmons, and Joe Cronin. Well, in 1965, one stainless steel razor blade outsells every other name in stainless blades. Now, that's quite a record. Quite a blade. The Gillette Stainless, made of the finest English and Swedish steel. Tempered to double its hardness by Gillette so it will last longer. Gillette hones and polishes it to an incredible degree of sharpness. So it will shave smoother, easier. Just see how clean and close that Gillette Stainless moves against your beard. Any man can get the best shaves in the world. You can. Just get Gillette. The stainless that has to shave better because it's made by Gillette. Two-inning totals now for the National League. Five runs on six hits. First inning, three runs on four hits. The second inning, two runs on two hits. And that long ball has been devastating. Now Juan Marichal goes to Rocky Calavito, one of the great arms of baseball and a great power hitter of the Cleveland Indians. He's the right fielder on the year at 296. 20 home runs, 61 runs batted in. Pass ball outside ball onto the right-hand batter. Right fielder Henry Aaron giving Calavito about 90 feet of the line. One ball, no strikes. Marichal kicks and sends him an off-speed curveball for a beauty. One and one. Ball and strike one windup. Around comes the right arm. In comes the pitch. Reach for, pull slowly toward short. Morley Wills is up. A strong throw, and it's one out. Here's Willie Horton, the left fielder of Detroit, batting at 306. 20 home runs and 58 runs batted in. A rather fabulous young man in baseball himself. That he is. Uh, in fact, the uh, Detroit Tigers trainer, Jack Hommel, has described uh, Horton as the strongest man physically that the... Uh, Tigers have had on their club for the last 20 years. Of course, he got off to a great start, just tailed off a little bit, but he's still got a pretty uh, healthy showing up there at the plate. Certainly does. He's a right-hand batter. We, the National League plays him uh, as definitely a power hitter to that side. The ball one pitch is outside, 1-0. and National League five, the American League nothing. One out and none on in the bottom of the second inning. Sends him a curveball, Marichal does, and it's one and one. 
One ball, one strike. One out, none on in the second. Here comes that high kick. And there's a ball pulled again toward Wells of short. He's up to Banks, and it's toy. Now, Felix Mantilla, who used to be in the National League with the Milwaukee Braves, has been going great guns since being acquired by the Boston Red Sox. He's batting at 3-1-6, 12 home runs, and 59 runs batted in as a right-hand batter. Nationals 5-6-0, the Americans 0 across the board. Marichel's fastball just dips outside. One ball to no strikes. Marichel, you know, pitched a no-hitter in 63. Against Houston. One ball, no strikes. There's a ball pounded out in front of the plate. Joe Torre's out very quickly. Pounces, fires, and down go the American League All-Stars in the second. And so the score at the end of two innings, National League 5, the American League nothing. Your let sun up aftershave gives your face a happy feeling. Sun up is one up on all the others. Splash on a dash. There's refreshment. Smells better, feels better, manlier. Women think so too. So get yourself a bottle. And right after your morning shave or any time of day, for that top of a morning feeling, just open, splash, and man, that's sun up. Up after shave from Gillette, the people who know men best. Moving now into the top half of the third inning here at Metropolitan Stadium, Bloomington, Minnesota, where the National League All Stars have a five to nothing lead on the home run bats of Willie Mays, Joe Torrey, and Willie Stargell. And Joe Torrey, who homered in the first with Stargell aboard. Leads it off here for the Nationals in the third to be followed by Banks and Rose. Jim Mudcat Grant is on the mound. Milt Pappas went the front inning for three runs on four hits. This one knocks Torrey back off the plate. Fastball on his hands. Ball one and no strikes. A let up and Torrey swings right through it. Ball one and strike one. Deck stands here with the uh, bunning all around the lower railing areas and standing room only. One ball, one strike. National League five and the American League nothing in the top of the third. There's a good curve and there was a good swing. He blew all the air out of the infield with that one. He didn't get it. One ball and two strikes. out in front. Let's see what he can do on the one and two. And there's a ripper right at third baseman Robinson, a line drive. Had to catch that one in self-defense. Ernie Banks. Very fabulous individual. A rather peculiar situation sets up here in this all-star game. Ernie Banks was the boyhood idol of Richie Allen, who is his teammate here now, the third baseman from Philadelphia. 
Slow curve for a strike to Ernie. Ernie single in the first. The Nationals put three across the uh, plate in the first inning. Two more in the second. Lead 5-0 here in the top of the third. One out and none on. Down low. One and one. Wampum, Pennsylvania is considerably north of Pittsburgh. And when Richie Allen was 16, he came down to meet Ernie Banks. Never did get to meet him, but that was his idol. And then, of course, as you know by now, the fabulous Richie Allen plays third for the Phils. Banks over swings on a curveball, one and two. A good changing motion by Grant. Sort of a herky-jerky type of delivery, and all of a sudden just off-speed you. The one-two, blown away, two-two. Well, the Minnesota pitching coach has helped... uh... Grant a lot, I think, Bob, on his uh, curveball, as I mentioned a while ago. He has two different curves, uh, a good hard fast curve and uh, the big breaking type. But Mudd's a great believer in that pitching rhythm, and when he's got that rhythm going, his uh, control is usually pretty pinpoint. Two balls, two strikes here to Banks, who swings and misses strike three. And that's the second strikeout. And both of them have been recorded by Jim Grant of the Twins. Two down here in the top half of the third, National League five, the American League nothing. And the batter now will be Pete Rose, who drew a base on balls in the first inning. A switch batter, bats left-handed in this case, of course. The outfield around to the right. In there for a strike. 0-1. Wills just can't seem to get away from switch-hitting teammates. Beautiful dipping type of pitch, dropping in there for a strike 0-2. When Wills plays regularly with the Dodgers, Gilliam, Lefevre, Parker, and Wills himself are all switch hitters, the only all switch hitting infield in the history of Major League Ball. And here's Rose in there, taking it outside for a ball one and two. Five nothing in the top of the third National League with two down and on. Grant in relief of Milt Pappas. One ball, two strikes to Rose. Sends it outside. His fastball ran out on him that time. 2-2. So far, Marichal has kept the American League bats about as quiet as a gnat crawling across a bale of cotton. There's a swing and a miss. He struck him out. The ball was dropped by Batty. They'll throw it on down to first for the put out that retires the side. No score in the third for the Nationals, and they lead the American League 5-0 in a two-and-a-half. We're here in a testing laboratory watching stainless steel razor blade tests. Wow, you should see this one. A guillotine test. The blade drops and cuts through something, which seems to prove something. Or here, a spark gap test. You shoot the spark unless something goes wrong. Oh, look, here's a peach shaving test, and a football shaving test, then a balloon shaving test. But then all these tests put together won't tell you as much as the very simple test Gillette calls the man test. You take all the stainless blades and put them in stores and wait, and see which stainless blades most men want to shave with week after week after week. Gillette wins the man test. Vic D'Avalio, the Cleveland Indians, will lead it off here in the third. He's back.
batting on the year, 321. Five home runs and 34 runs batted in. Herb Carneal informs that he started off in AAA as a pitcher, but he must have brought some lumber along somewhere because he's playing center field and very well and hitting in a 321 clip. Small statured individual, bats him left-handed. The outfield plays him overshifted way to the left. And Richie Allen comes up very close on the edge of the grass at third. Marichal sends him a curveball. Over the head it goes and on through for the base hit. And that's the first hit for the American League. A bounder over the hill and on into center field. So any vision of an all-star no-hitter, go glimmering. And here is catcher Earl Batty. He of the Minnesota Twins, batting at 3-1-3. Three homers and 24 runs batted in. A right-hand batter and a good power hitter. Rather imagine Earl's had to battle at uh, dinner table a little bit and work on his diet. Takes it high, ball one. Earl's about uh, 25 pounds lighter than he was at this time last year, Bob. You'll notice he's wearing a golf glove on his left hand. He had a dislocated finger here about three weeks ago and still bothers him a little gripping the bat. One ball and no strikes. There's a delivery low for the ball, 2-0. Funny thing, on National League players, normally most of the batters now, particularly when they play in San Francisco, wear the golf glove, due to the fact that it's windy and cool out in that section of the United States, and they get bees in the bat, as they call it, when they get jammed with a pitch. Two balls and no strikes. Batty takes it through there at the belt, 2-1. National League 5, the American League nothing. Here in the bottom of the third, Davalio has let it off with a base hit over the mound into center field. And Earl Batty, two balls, one strike. Left fielder Willie Stargell deep. Ball sharply spanked towards second. Wills on to Rose. Rose to Banks for the double play. So as quickly as the rally might have been going, it died a morning. Two down. Al Kaline of Detroit is coming up here, and he'll bat in place of Mudcat Jim Grant. Kaline, 300 on the year, has 14 home runs and 52 runs batted in. National League leading here, 5-0. Takes a fastball through there at the knees, call strike one. Each side in now with a double play. No balls, a strike. A let up into the dirt for the ball, one and one. So the oncoming pitcher is going to be Pete Rickett, a left-hander. One ball, one strike, 5 nothing National League in the bottom of the third. Two out and on. Merichel sidearms, and he's low and away. Ball two. This is the 11th straight year that Al Kaline has been selected for all-star play. He's one of the so-called superstars of baseball, and there are some of them. Don't make any mistakes about that. Bounding foul off third. He really reached out for that curveball. 2-2. Naturally, the National League attired in their own uh, particular uniforms representing their teams and in gray because they're the visiting team here. Two balls, two strikes. Curve is high. 3-2. Herb, you've seen some high kicking pitchers, but you never saw one kick quite this high. I thought it uh, might be because of that 5 nothing lead out there, Bob. 
Uh-uh. He's that way whether it's one nothing, zero zero, or what. His curveball bounced to third. Allen on a brilliant play on a skidding hop throws out Kaline, and the side is retired. At the end of three, it's Nationals five, the Americans nothing. Say, where are you taking the family for a vacation this year? London, Hawaii, a nearby beach? Well, any man can use a little more room in his suitcase, so why not pick up one of Gillette's handy new vacation travel kits? This new kit is so compact you can hold it in the palm of your hand. Yet it's even got space for your toothbrush and paste. Listen to what the Gillette vacation travel kit holds. New travel sizes of all Gillette good grooming products. Extra rich foamy shaving cream with K34 hexachlorophene. Incomparable Gillette stainless steel blades. And refreshing sunup. The aftershave that feels better, smells better. Finally, right guard power spray deodorant. Two seconds gives you 24-hour protection. So get this Gillette travel kit for just $1.49. There's nothing like it at any price. Pitcher now will be 25-year-old left-hander Pete Rickard of the Washington Senators who was acquired in a winter deal with the Los Angeles Dodgers. Uh, Pete, who has had some arm trouble uh, in the past, has pitched great ball for the Senators his last eight or nine times out. In fact, he has allowed less than one earned run for nine innings. He is the only uh, senator represented on this year's All-Star squad, and his record with Washington, five wins and seven losses, although he has put together a very fine earned run mark of 2.5 for nine innings. So Jim Grant uh, of the Minnesota Twins was in there for two innings and gave up two runs, two hits, walked one batter, and had four strikeouts, including uh, the side, in the third inning. National League leading five to nothing, and here come the Nationals for the fourth inning. And Maury Wells, who now has an opportunity to turn around and bat right-handed and also might be able to get on base and show the fans here in Bloomington, Minnesota, why he's the greatest stealer of all times. It pays to steal, he says, and it sure does. In low, ball on. But he means steals bases. Well, he stole his 104th against the Pittsburgh Pirates in the Los Angeles Coliseum. They dug up second base and gave it to him. In there, one and one. He's had great advantage, of course, playing with the Dodgers in that he's had one of the great bat control men in Junior Gilliam in behind him who can afford to go deep in the ball and strike count, allowing him to steal. One ball, one strike. Rickert's fastball blazing through there, popping into the middle of Earl Batty. One ball and two strikes. Cookie Rojas in the on-deck circle. Foul back, one and two. Rojas will be batting in place of Juan Marichal. Rojas has played at every position for the Philadelphia Phillies except pitch. One ball, two strikes. Wills up there to guard the plate. Checks off a high fastball, 2-2. National League in front, 5-0. If you're just tuning in, Mays Homer to lead off the first against Milt Pappas. With one out, Stardial singled, and Torrey lost one in left field. And it was 3-0 very quickly. 2-2. 
Long fly to right, slicing on Rocky Calavito, but he's drifting over near the foul line and in front of the warning track, and it is one out. Then in the second inning, with Mudcat Grant pitching, Marichal helped his own cause by singling through the middle. Two outs later, Willie Stargell banged one out by the scoreboard in right center field for his first all-star homer, and the Nationals took the 5-0 lead. Rojas now, the Philadelphia Phillies, batting 302 on the year, as we said, has played every position already this year for the Philadelphia Phillies. One of the most valuable all-around players in the game. A right-hand batter. Fly ball towards center. Davalio coming up. Now drifts over a couple of strides, and it's two down. Now Willie Mays with a home run on the walk. This is the top half of the fourth inning. The National League heating up their fireballer, Jim Maloney. A right-hander from the Cincinnati Reds, and he can bring that ball to you. Willie Mays up there in the outfield, swung around to the left, the infield very deep. Takes one off the belt, and it cost him 0-1. Rickard is uh, throwing much harder than his two predecessors, apparently. It looks like that of Pappas and Grant. Staying with his fastball, 0-1. Changed it up higher that time. One ball, one strike. National League, five runs, six hits, and no errors. And the American League, 0-1-0. There's a changeup, and Willie just couldn't resist it. He went all the way out for that one like a trout coming up for a big old dry fly. And he went spinning around. Threw dirt all over that place and went down on his knees. He just couldn't resist that changeup. Well, that change is something uh, Rickard, I think, has improved on greatly this year, Bob. He's always been able to throw hard since he got over his arm difficulties. Has a good curve and a slider, but uh, that was a real good changeup. Willie could have taken a second swing if he hadn't lost his balance. Here's the one-two pitch, and here's the fastball. Stuck him out swinging. And I mean, he breathed it right in there. No runs in the national sport. They lead 5 nothing. You know, one man's face takes a lot of shaving. Another man's face, hardly any. You may have to shave twice a day. Another man, well, not very often. Every morning, Gillette shaves 70 million different faces all over the world. Gillette's business is faces. Have you discovered what a clean, easy shave your face can get with a Gillette stainless? Shave after shave after shave. The Gillette stainless is made of the finest English and Swedish steel. Gillette tempers it to double its hardness, so it'll last longer. Gillette hones and polishes it to an incredible degree of sharpness, so it will shave smoother, cleaner. Any man can get the best shave in the world. Any man. Just get Gillette, the stainless steel blade that has to shave better because it's made by Gillette. Try it. Enjoy it today. for the National League All-Stars. No runs, one hit. No strikeouts and no walks. And now Jim Maloney, who is rated as one of the three fastest pitchers in the National League, coming in from the Cincinnati Reds and the National League All-Stars here in the bottom of the fourth. 
Maloney is a fellow that just rears back and brings it right to you. You don't have to wait very long for it either. And sometimes, as they say, he throws that radio ball, the one you hear but you don't see. He's been in 17 games for the Reds, completing eight as a starting pitcher for an earned run average of 2.71. He has won 10, and he has lost four, and needless to say, combined with Sammy Ellis and others, has kept the Cincinnati Reds right in the thick of the National League race. Herb, it's always interesting to see the comparison in the National and American League. They've always said, whether it be true or not, that the American League basically is a good fastball-hitting league where the National League boys have to work on the curves. Well, Maloney, as we say, can fire. We'll see how it works. Yes, sir, we'll soon know because, of course, Marchal uh, was really mixing him up and certainly went three impressive innings. The Giants' uh, right-hander actually didn't have a, have a, a ball hit hard off him in the three innings he pitched. And actually, of course, thanks to the double play, Marichal only pitched to uh, nine batters in the first three innings. So it's the National League with five runs, six hits, and no errors. And the American League, no runs, one hit, and no errors. Dick McAuliffe of the Detroit Tigers, the leadoff batter, playing it short, fouled out to shortstop, takes one in there for a strike. Richie Allen is up tight at third, but not all the way up. Banks hugs the line a little bit toward first. The outfield's about straight away. McAuliffe, with a wide open stance, takes this one low and inside, one ball and one strike. He opens himself up considerably at the plate, allows him to swing a little later on a ball. And here's Maloney. That fastball is ripped into right center. Henry Aaron running over very fast to get to it. Comes up and holds it to a long single, and that's the second base hit. He hit it off the fastball into right center field. Brooks Robinson, who fly to left field in the first inning, is now the batter. Manager Gene Mock had made the statement that he was going to select nothing but fastball pitchers. And he certainly brought them all along. In for a strike. Brooks, a right-hand batter. Not holding too much on McAuliffe. There's a foul coming straight back. And a count of nothing and two now. Jim Maloney, born in Fresno, California, resides there now. Six feet two, 207 pounds. Was a shortstop in high school. No balls, two strikes. Robinson strikes out swinging. And that's the first strikeout recorded by a National League pitcher this afternoon. And now here's Herman Killebrew of the Minnesota Twins. He flied to center field in the first inning. He is in with 16 home runs on the year. Maloney checks on McAuliffe, sends a curve outside ball on. Maloney, back in 1963, struck out eight batters in a row. Hit Milwaukee, which tied a major league record. One ball, no strikes. Let up is over there, one and one. Bob, a little uh, something unique uh, regarding Killebrew, I think. He started three different positions in the All-Star game. He has started a uh, game in left field at third base, and today he's at first base. 
Yes, indeed, and he's got that mighty potent-looking piece of lumber up there, too. Two balls and a strike, and it looks like a matchstick uh, stick in his hands. He is powerful. Two balls and a strike. The delivery is just outside ball three. Might be providential, but most men, the stature of a Killebrew, a Ted Kwasuski, a Gil Hodges, are always the nicest, mild men. 3-1, a body swing, and it's called a real swing. 3-2. Killebrew, in the act of swinging, also twisted his body. We had to hold there until umpire John Stevens checked, and he checked with his fellow umpires, and the nod came up. So it's three balls, two strikes. One out and one on, and the score, 5-0. Nationals, curveball inside, and there is the first walk surrendered. Up to second base goes Dick McAuliffe, down to first Herman Killebrew, and now Rocky Colavito. The American League All-Star right fielder stands in. Calavito bounced out to short in the second inning. So this now represents the first time the American League All-Stars have had two men on uh, in any part of this game. They trail no runs to five. Here in the bottom of the fourth. And now it's a brilliant, sunshiny day here. Curve is low, balling. One ball and no strikes. Spike swinging, one and one. You might recall that Maloney pitched a nine-inning no-hitter this year, but lost it in the tenth on a home run to Johnny Lewis of the Astros. I understand in that game that uh, the catcher for the Reds, Johnny Edwards, had on uh, had a piece of sponge and a golf glove uh, to protect his hand from the sting of that fastball. Yes, he surely did. And delivery is low for the ball, two balls and a strike. Setting up your National League All-Stars, there's been no change other than pitching. It's Stargell in left, Mays in center, Aaron in right. Allen at third, Wills at short, Rose at second, Banks at first, with Maloney now pitching to Joe Torre. Marichal went the front three. Two balls and one strike, two on, one out. High fly ball out the right field line, twisting foul. Banks going way over, and that ball will get up into the seats. 2-2. Rather imagine a lot of the fans here in the St. Paul, Minneapolis area, and all that are great twin fans are sort of hoping they can see a few games like this somewhere in the fall. Two balls, two strikes. There's a drive over short for a base hit. And McAuliffe comes to third, comes around to score. Willie Mays fires the ball into second base. And the American League breaks the ice. Rocky Colavito bangs a base hit out over short to drive in Dick McAuliffe. And Harmon Killebrew is rather wise. He must read two because he stopped right at second base. Willie Mays has thrown out more fellas that just took one stride too many going around second, and Willie whipped a perfect strike in there. So it's 5-1 to one now as the American League comes on to score, and here is Willie Horton, the left fielder, who bounced to short his first time up. Two on and one out. Swing and a miss, and he took a wicked cut. Strike one. And that time, Mr. Maloney threw it right up into his wheelhouse, but he had something on it. No balls and a strike. This is Willie Horton's first All-Star game. They play him straight out in the outfield and understandably very deep. 
Now at second base, Herman Killebrew, Rocky Calavito at first. There's a let-up. It's a let-up so far. It goes all the way to the backstop, and everybody advances, and we'll await a decision. We'll have to await the decision of the official scores on that. It was a let-up thrown rather high. It is very close to the wild pitch zone. And until we can get a ruling, we'll just have two runners on at second and third to Willie Horton and one out. One ball, one strike. Pilots back, one and two. One ball and two strikes. for the American Leaguers here in the fourth and it's five to one but a big threat riding now with runners at second and third and one away to Willie Horton. Now Maloney sends him the fastball and it's taken inside. He broke his swing just in time. Two-two. He started for it. Showed good wrist action and got it out of there. Two balls, two strikes. This inning opened up when McAuliffe lined a single into right center for the second hit of the ball game and the first off Maloney. Then Robinson struck out, but Harmon Killebrew drew a base on balls. Calavito laced a drive over short to bring in McAuliffe, and Killebrew stopped at uh, second. 2-2 pitch. Horton is jammed, bounces down to Banks. They'll hold everybody, and the second out is recorded and assisted. Nobody can go on a jamming type of pitch. Bounced on one hop down to Banks. Retiring Horton. Killebrew having to hold third, and Calavito second. And now Felix Mantilla of Boston. He went out on a little tapper in front of the plate. Joe Torrey to Ernie Banks. They play Felix about straight out. Never known as a power hitter in the National League. Delivery outside ball on, but the left field wall at Fenway is a most inviting target. And especially for Mantilla, who's a real good pull hitter. And it's funny how the paths of these players cross. Uh, Felix used to play with Henry Aaron down in Jacksonville about 12 years ago. You know, I think he also had a little tour with him up in Milwaukee. One ball, one strike. Runners at second and third. Two down. There's a fly ball for left center, but Willie Mays is over, pounds the mid, and drifts back to make that famous Willie Mays basket catch and to retire the side. The Americans score in the fourth inning. At the end of four, it is 5-1 National League. Say, I hope it's cool where you are because it sure is hot and sticky here at Metropolitan Stadium. But no matter how sizzling hot the weather gets, all you fans can get the protection you want with Gillette Right Guard Power Spray Deodorant, America's number one deodorant. Just a two-second spray gives you 24-hour protection. And Right Guard is the perfect personal deodorant. Not only for you, but your whole family. Why? Because nothing touches you but the spray itself. Not a messy cream or gummy roll-on, but a spray. A cool, refreshing mist that dries on contact. That's why more and more families are finding Right Guard is the perfect personal deodorant for mom, dad, brother, sister, in fact, everyone. Remember, complete coverage, complete protection in just two seconds. Right Guard Power Spray Deodorant. If you haven't tried Right Guard yet, find out for yourself why more people, more families use it. 
one to four. National League All-Stars, five runs, six hits, no errors. The Americans, one, three, and oh. And now Henry Aaron leads it off here in the fifth against Pete Rickard. Henry flied to left and went into a double play, five, four, three. High pop. And let's see, Robinson says he might take it. Now McAuliffe, and it's McAuliffe calling him off the shortstop. In behind uh, Brooks Robinson, one out. Here's Willie Stargell, who's two for two. The Pittsburgh left fielder singled up the middle in the first and scored when Torrey homered, and then hit a home run to right center with uh, Juan Marichal on to provide the Nationals at that time with a five-to-nothing lead. There have been three home runs for the National League: Mays, Torrey, and Stargell. Delivery is outside. Ball one. 46,706 paid attendance here today. One ball, no strikes. Left-hand pitcher, left-hand batter. Stargell cuts, and it's one and one. National League picked up three runs in the first and two in the second and looked like they were going to run away with it. Marichal pitching very airtight baseball. But Maloney came in. They got a run off him on uh, two singles and a walk in the fourth. The 1-1 is a curveball that puzzled Mr. Stargell, and it's 1-2. Willie tries to go to left field on left-hand pitching, rarely tries to overpower it. The on-deck batter, Richie Allen. Pete Rickard, one ball, two strikes. Foul off the end of the bat, and you have to re-chalk it. Sam McDowell, the right-hander from the, or check it, the left-hander from the Cleveland Indians, now loosening up, and he can fire. One ball, two strikes. Stargell fouls away to the left side, one and two. National League leading, five-nothing. Five runs, six hits, no errors to the American League, one, three, and oh. We're in the top half of the fifth, one out and none on. The let-up is outside, ball two, two-two. Two balls, two strikes. To Willie Darnold Studgel. Two-two delivery is cut foul right off the face mask of Earl Batty back up on the net. 3.30 down the right field line, ground measurement. 3.44 here at Metropolitan Stadium down the left field line. 4.10 straight out. 3.65 right center, left center. Ball two, strike two. And he struck out. Stargell, that is strikeout number five for the American Leaguers. And Rickert has picked up two of them. And now Richie Allen, who popped the short and who struck out swinging in the second inning, is on. Richie Allen is just a shade over six feet tall, but could leap with a basketball in one hand, like holding it like a grapefruit, and go way up above the rim and dunk it. Really a fabulous athlete. Foul back, strike one. From Wampum, Pennsylvania. Said one of his great thrills of being selected to play in the All-Star game. Another one was to... Played two years undefeated in basketball in the Pennsylvania region. Way over swinging on a change curveball. Rickert really got a good number two ball in there, as they call it. 0-2. Real fine changeup off his breaking ball. 
Five nothing here, two out and on, and Rickard has muffled uh, the bats of the National Leaguers. Setting down five in order since coming on. There's a fly ball spanked for right center. Davily will have to go over and uh, one hand the ball, and Richie Allen is on with a long single. That's the first hit off Pete Rickard. Hit number seven for the National League, and now Joe Torre, who uppercut one into the left field seats in the first inning with Stargell aboard for a home run, and then lined hard to Brooks Robinson at third. Joe Torre, when he was much younger, was given to being very heavy, and nobody seemed to think too much of him as an infielder, and his brother Frank, who played, advised him to turn into a catcher. And boy, what a catcher. The look at first, the pitch, and it's high, a slider missing, ball one and no strikes. Born in Brooklyn, resides in Brooklyn. Six feet one, 205 pounds. One ball, no strike. Joe Torre, right-hand batter. Rickard checks Allen at first. There's a foul over to the right. He overpowered him on his fastball that time. Joe Torre played only 144 games in the minors. And it went right on from there. He was fourth in the league last year in batting with 3-2-1. Strike swinging, one and two, and that one had something on it. Started out with Milt Pappas for one inning and three runs, Jim Grant for two innings and two runs, and now Rickett, who has yet to be scored on by the National League. The Nationals leading 5-1. A ball and two strikes, the runner at first, Allen, with two down in the top of the fifth. Long foul down the right field line out of play. One ball, two strikes. Rickard again ready. There's a wrap right at shortstop McAuliffe. That ball looked like it was going to hook for the base hit and didn't. So no runs for the Nationals in the top of the fifth. They lead five to one. And so here at the middle of the fifth inning, the score, National League five and the American League one. The first half of this 1965 All-Star Game has been brought to you by Gillette. The second half is brought to you by Chrysler Corporation. Now, Ivan, have planned for eliminating the man from D-O-D-G-E. Suspicions verified. Dodge Dart, not compact car. Dart is too big, too powerful. And Ivan, decadence everywhere. Foam padding in seats, rugs on floor. Crazy top goes up and down. They have checked price. Propaganda. Men from Dodge, obviously selling at loss to save face. So, here is plan. We buy Dart by boatload. Break him in a week. First boat leaves tomorrow. Yeah, okay, Ivan. A red GT convertible with four on the floor for you and a dark blue wagon for nothing. See the man from D-O-D-G-E, your friendly Dodge boy. He can save you a lot of rubles on the fast-selling 65 Dart. Don't you miss the boat. A change for the National League All-Stars at third base, Ron Santo of the Chicago Cubs. And a change right here for the broadcasting, the voice of the Minnesota Twins, Herb Kernel. Okay, Bob, and here we go to the last half of the fifth inning with the American League finding itself in a spot they had hoped they wouldn't be in, having to play catch-up baseball with a great 
power of the National League getting off to an early lead here at Metropolitan Stadium today. Five to one, the National League leading. Leading off for the Americans now will be Vic Davileo. The smallish Cleveland center fielder, left-handed batter. Maloney delivers very high on a fastball, ball one. Davileo got the American League's first hit off the National League start of Juan Marichal when he bounced a single up the middle in the third inning, but was immediately raced on a double play. Maloney's pitch swung on, hit foul, backing out of play, one ball, one strike. On deck for the American League is Earl Batty, and then the pitcher Pete Rickard is due up, so we imagine we'll get a pinch hitter for him with McDowell having started to warm up a few minutes ago in the American League bullpen. Maloney's pinch, change up very high. Two balls, one strike. The only change now for the National League at third base where Ron Santo of the Chicago Cubs has replaced Richie Allen of the Phillies. And the 2-1 delivered to Davileo is popped high in the air. Just to the left of the plate, Santo, the third baseman, entered and makes the catch. So Davileo pops to third, one down in the last half of the fifth inning, and here's the Minnesota Twins fine receiver Earl Batty wrapped into a sharp double play started by shortstop Mari Wells in the third inning. One out and nobody on in the last half of the fifth. It's the National League five and the American League one. Big right-hander Jim Maloney of the Cincinnati Reds winding, delivering. Fastball is popped foul off to the right and out of play. One strike. Coming out on deck now for the American League Outfielder Jimmy Hall of the Minnesota Twins, who is going to bat for the pitcher Rickard. Maloney winding. Here's his pitch. Outside at the knees with a fastball. One and one. Maloney, who was a little shaky in the fourth inning, giving up a couple of hits and a base on balls as the National League crashed through for its first run. American League, rather. Here's the pitch high, a ball. Two and one. Jim Maloney, 6'2", 205. Taking a sigh from Joe Torrey. Here's the windup, the pitch. Swinging a bounding ball to the right side. Rose at second, has it over to Banks for the out. Second to first, they got Batty, two down. And now Jimmy Hall of the Twins will bat for Pete Rickard. Left-handed batting Jimmy Hall who is uh, called the wedge by his teammates for his tapering physique. Jimmy's very uh, powerfully constructed through the shoulders and chest, powerful arms. Swing and a miss at the fastball, one strike. With the Twins in the American League this year, he's batting 325 with 16 homers. And he has knocked in 52 runs. Maloney delivers a change high. One ball, one strike. The National League Defenses Hall has a pull hitter. The skies have cleared beautifully here, and there's just a very light breeze stirring around the ballpark right now. Two out, nobody on. Maloney's pitch inside at the knees. Two balls, one strike. Maloney has been a real workhorse for the Reds. In fact, for the last two seasons, he has led his team in uh, starts. He started 31 times last year, 33 times in 1963. Had 11 complete games last year. Here's the pitch. Swing and a miss. He fired the Hummer in tight, and it's one and two now to Jimmy Hall. 
One ball, two strikes. Nobody on here with two away. Maloney delivers. A little low. Around the inside corner with his fastball, two and two. On the board, the National League has five runs, seven hits and no errors. The American League, one run, three hits and no errors. A full count here to left-handed batting Jimmy Hall. Maloney kicks and throws. Fastball pop foul back out of play. And the count remains three and two. Bob, other than his fastball, uh, I guess Maloney uh, relies mostly on a curve. Yes, and when he throws that big high change, he usually wild pitches it. He led the National League pitchers last year with him, something like 35 of them. Here comes his 3-2 deliver to Hall. Low, he walked it. Jimmy Hall gets on a base on balls. It's the second one given up by Maloney in an inning and two-thirds. And here's a Tiger shortstop left-handed batting Dick McCullough. Dick's been up twice today, is fouled out. Lined a single to right center to start off the fourth inning, and he has scored the American League's only run. With a left-handed batter up, the National League first baseman Ernie Banks is not going to hold tightly with Jimmy Hall. Of course, the National League also has a four-run lead. Maloney delivers. Curve high. Ball one. Last year, Dick McAuliffe set a new Detroit record for homers by a Detroit shortstop. He hit 24, but he didn't have a high batting average. This year, he's trying to go more with a pitch, trying to pull only the ball over the inside of the plate. Swings and misses. One and one. As a result, McAuliffe has raised his batting average about 70 points, and he's getting his share of home runs. He's hit 11 home runs so far. It's a high fly ball to right center field, carrying deep. Mays way out there on the track, way back. He can't get it, and it is gone. A home run for Dick McAuliffe. shot over the right center field fence and that ball must have carried 420 feet at least on the fly. A two-run homer for Dick McAuliffe. And the American League now is right in the thick of it. It's a 5-3 ball game as the Americans battle back here at Metropolitan Stadium. Jimmy Hall scoring ahead of the homer and here's Brooks Robinson taking a call strike on a curve from Maloney 0-1. Brooks Robinson, the Baltimore third baseman, is flat out and struck out. Right-handed batter, Maloney delivers. Fastball, swing and a miss. 0-2. And, and you can see that Brooks Robinson, who has that ailing uh, left shoulder, which he hurt earlier this year and then aggravated, not really taking a complete full swing, ducks away from a high inside curve, one ball and two strikes. You mentioned a while ago, Bob, that Willie Mays pounds his glove and he's going to make the catch, but on McCullough's drive, he never tapped the glove once. And here's the pitch to Robinson. Foul ball back down the loss. And a lot of the youngsters here have come equipped with their gloves and uh, a boy down right down below us made a good one-handed catch there. Jim Maloney winding. Here's the right-hander's pitch. A curve. Bounce foul outside a third. Count remains. A ball and two strikes to Robinson. Herb, I can see why it would be smart to bring a glove here. This could be known as Torpedo Alley. And uh, <laughs> that's a pretty smart uh, bit of thinking, huh? These folks here in the mezzanine level right behind home plate got a lot of chances to feel those foul balls. Here's the pitch. 
Swing and a ground ball. Back up there. And a great stop by Santo. A long throw. Not in time. He beat it out. Rex Robinson on a hard smash over third. Santo made a fine stop. He couldn't come up with it cleanly. And his throw wasn't in time. It's a base hit. So the American League now has the tying run at the plate. Harmon Killebrew as Brooks Robinson singles off the glove of third baseman Ron Santo. Harmon Killebrew is flying to center, had a base on ball. The pitch outside with a fastball, ball one. The National League five, the American League three. Two runs in here for the American League in the fifth inning. Maloney checking his sign. There's the set. The look to first. The pitch on the way. Fastball. And there's a high drive to left field. It is really hit. Way back. A long home run. Tremendous home run way back into the left field stands by Harmon Killebrew, scoring Brooks Robinson. It's 5-5, five to five and Gene Mock, the National League skipper, is going to the mound. Oh, how the complexion of the game of baseball can change. The American League was trailing 5-1 to one when they came to bat here in the fifth inning. The first two men went out, then a base on balls. The pinch hitter Jimmy Hall on a 3-2 pitch. A homer by Dick McAuliffe, an infield hit by Brooks Robinson, and a tremendous homer by Harmon Killebrew. And Bob Prince, there wasn't too much doubt about that shot that Harmon hit. Oh, brother, that'd be about $7.80 on a taxi cab meter. That's some kind of a drive. As they used to say, a lot of pitchers would like to cut that one up into bunts, and they'd have about 800 of them. He really tagged it. There's no question about it. They put it up on the fanagram out there as a 411-foot homer. And it certainly has uh, brought about a quick change, and what a wonderful thing for the Minnesota fans. They could be here and see this uh, Harmon Killebrew homer to tie it up. So it's an all-brand-new even ball game as Big D comes on, and here's uh, Herb to carry along with it. Risenale completing his warm-up toss now with Joe Torrey, and the American League batter will be Rocky Calavito of the Indians, who drove in the American League's first run with a single to left center in the fourth inning. Rocky, one for two, having grounded a short in the second inning. Six foot, six inch right-hander, Don Drysdale. Will be the third National League pitcher. As this explosion by the American League came completely without warning as the Reds' Jim Maloney was within one strike of having a one, two, three inning. Now four runs are in and the ball game is tied. Rocky Calavito up there against Don Drysdale. Right-hander against right-hander. The first pitch, breaking ball on the outside corner, one strike. The wind-up and the pitch. Swung on, bounce back by the mound, out to second. Rose has it and throws on to Banks for the third out. But it's a big inning for the American League as they come up with four runs on three hits. 
And the score at the end of five innings. The National League Five, the American League Five. Hold still, little carrier type pigeons. Read secret message once more. Dear Ivan, you were right. Men from D-O-D-G-E out to enslave masses with Dodge Monaco. This car breaks down willpower by offering list of standard equipment nobody can resist. Four bucket seats, full-length console, 383 V8 engine, plus interiors, plus dozens other luxury items. Sincerely, Boris. Now, attach list and note to Bert's Lake. Okay, Bert, fly home. Uh-oh, must be overload. Have to remove list of Dodge Monaco standard equipment. <laughs> Take Eagle to carry that. Okay, Bert, now fly home. Don't you be a pigeon. See the man from D-O-D-G-E. Fly down to your nearby Dodge Boys showroom. Tell them Dodge Monaco sent you. The new pitcher for the American League will be the big left-hander from the Cleveland Indians, Sam McDowell. As Washington's speed record. He put it himself uh, very well, going two innings, allowing one harmless single. And striking out two batters. So McDowell will be the fourth American League pitcher of the day. For the Indians this year, Sam has won nine and lost six. Hosting an impressive earned run average of just a shade over two earned runs per nine innings. And this big left-handed fireball in 128 innings has struck out 164 batters. He's walked 72 batters. And in the past, his big problem has been control, but for the most part, he has greatly improved in that department. Now for the American League, Jimmy Hall, who went in to pinch hit for a record, will stay in the game in center field. So this means that uh, we'll have some changes in the batting order. Jimmy Hall will continue to bat in the number nine spot in the batting order. As Vic Davileo of Cleveland now has come out. We'll have a new second base combination out there. Bobby Richardson of the New York Yankees now goes in to replace Felix Mantilla. And at shortstop, Dick McAuliffe of the Tigers is out. And Zollover Sias of the Minnesota Twins is in there. And also, we'll have a new catcher. Bill Freehan of the Detroit Tigers will be the American League's new catcher. So to set up the entire defense now, it will be McDowell pitching, Freehan catching, Brooks Robinson at third, Zollover Sias at short, Bobby Richardson at second, and Harm Killebrew stays in the game at first base. Willie Horton's in there in left field. Jimmy Hall goes to center, and Colavito stays in right. McDowell will bat seven. Bill Fray and the catcher will bat eight. Richardson will bat six, and Versailles will bat in the leadoff spot. Five-five ball game is a go to the sixth inning, and Ernie Banks of the Cubs, the National League first baseman, leads off. Ernie is single and struck out. The left-hander, Sam McDowell, delivers. Fastball on the outside corner is strike. On deck for the National League now is Pete Rose, with Maury Wills scheduled to follow. One strike to Ernie Banks. 
National League uh, defending him just a step or two around to the left. Swing and a bouncing foul behind the plate. Strike two. Mel Pappas started the game for the American League today with Mudcat Grant on in the second, Pete Rickert in the fourth, and Al McDowell of Cleveland here in the sixth inning. That's a two-strike count to Ernie Banks. There's a windup by the left-hander. The pitch, high fastball. He cuts on it and pops it up off to the right of the plate. Freehand, the catcher, has a shot at it and makes it for the out. One away as Banks fouls out to Bill Freehand. Freehand incidentally dropped only one uh, foul pop-up all last season. So you haven't got much of a chance if you pop up one up in his territory. Now from Cincinnati, another turnaround batter here, Pete Rose, who will be batting right-handed against McDowell. The Reds' uh, hustler has walked and struck out. Takes a curve in there for a strike. All in one. National League 5, the American League 5. First half of the sixth inning. One out and nobody on. McDowell lining, delivers. Breaking ball is foul. Back to the mezzanine. Two strikes to count. Pete Rose, who was awarded Rookie of the Year honors two years ago. 24 years old. McDowell ready, delivers. Fastball just outside. He really hummed that one in there. Missed the outside corner. One ball and two strikes. Mari Wells out on deck for the National League. McDowell lining. Here's his one-two pitch. Swing and a miss. He got him with a quick one. A strikeout for McDowell. And now beginning to warm up in the National League bullpen... Left-hander Sandy Koufax of the Los Angeles Dodgers. Rose has fanned for the second out here in the sixth inning, and up comes Mari Wells, who will be batting right-handed. Mari has hit to the pitcher and flied to right. Two out, nobody on. Infield moving up two or three steps in respect to Will's speed. Takes a fastball outside, ball one. National League scored three runs in the first inning, two in the second. The American League won in the fourth and four in the fifth. A fly ball, shallow right center field. Hall and Calavito converging. They can't get it. The ball drops. Wills turns and holds with a Texas League single out there to right center field. Just in between Jimmy Hall and Rocky Calavito. A bloop single for Wills. And now with Drysdale due up and... As I'm sure a lot of you know, he's not a bad hitter, but we may get a pinch hitter, Frank Robinson. Of the Cincinnati Reds, a right-handed batter will come out for Drysdale. Frank Robinson. With the Reds this year, Frank is batting 297. He has hit 18 home runs and driven in 59 runs. aboard with two down and Frank Robinson batting for Don Drysdale Sam McDowell out there taking his sign from 
Bill Free, and Harmon Killebrew holding with the runner, Maury Wells. Robinson, who chokes that bat just a little bit. McDowell throws over there. Just a leisurely toss. Wills said no trouble getting back. Some of the crowd chanting uh, go as Wills takes that big lead, draws another throw, dives back head first. And Sam McDowell letting Mari know that uh, they got their eye on him. And the pitch to Robinson's in tight at the letters, ball one. Mari Wills, who has already stolen 55 bases in the 1965 season. He's running considerably ahead of his great record pace of some three years ago when he stole 104. A ball and no strikes to the right-handed Frank Robinson. Here's the pitch to him. A curve hangs outside. Two balls and no strikes. Frank Robinson, who just a month or so ago hit the 300th home run of his major league career. up there, cradles that bat back behind his right shoulder, takes a pitch outside at the knees, and the count is ball three. McDowell working carefully to him now has fallen behind 3-0. and And waiting to bat next, if Robinson gets on, is Willie Mays. Two out. As Wills takes the lead, here's the pitch. Robinson looks at a strike. 3-1. and one. Coaching for the National League, at third base, the manager of the Milwaukee Braves, Bobby Bregan, and at first base, the Reds, skipper Dick Sisler. Three and one here to Frank Robinson. Five to five ball game in the sixth inning. McDowell delivers. Strike on the outside corner. Robinson was ready to go to first base, and Johnny Stevens of the American League called it strike two. So we have a full count, and the crowd now, of course, will watch... Wills take off with two away. McDowell studies the sign from Bill Fran. Wills who takes that good lead over there. And there he goes. The pitch is foul back. And the count remains three and two. These two leagues all tied up after the first 35 All-Star Games each with 17 wins, one game ending in a tie. It's the first half of the sixth inning. Right here it's the National League Five and the American League Five. Mari Wells leading at first base with two out. Full count to Frank Robinson. Play Frank uh, fairly deep, but pretty much straight away. Second baseman Bobby Richardson has pulled a bit towards his right. Killebrew holding with Wills. McDowell delivers, and it's swung on and missed. He struck him out with the fastball. The second strike out for McDowell in the sixth inning. One hit and one left on. And so, at the end of five and a half innings, the score, the National League Five, the American League Five. I've been 40 years just waving at you. Ah, there's good news tonight. The man from D-O-D-G-E is in such trouble you wouldn't believe it. And stole plans for his hot-selling luxury car, Polara. Dodge Polara. 
big deal, sure. He's big car with plenty room for six people. But in our country, who's got six friends? And who needs that big Polara V8 with all that fancy carpeting and foam padding in front seats for hauling live chickens, right? Yeah, and Ivan, don't worry about secrecy. Have mailed plans in envelope addressed with invisible ink. Ivan. Ivan. Have lost you? See the man from Dodge, your nearby Dodge boy. His low prices on the 65 Dodge Polara have the competition crying Tunko. Gentleman coming in is from the Los Angeles Dodgers. Rather surprising to see him pitching because normally he needs about five days rest after a performance that he appeared against Pittsburgh in a doubleheader defeating them four to two last Sunday. Sandy Koufax has what they call an arthritic elbow, and they pack it in ice after every performance. He has struck out 10 or more batters 72 times, which is a major league record. He's had 11 strikeout games so far this year, and his single season record for 10 strikeout games is 11 that he's already tied, which he set in 61 and 63. And he leads the majors with 195 strikeouts, striking out 1,892 batters and 1,835 innings pitch, therefore he has more strikeouts than innings pitched. He's truly fabulous and Herb, the Dodgers say of their teammate Sandy Koufax that he truly belongs in a higher league. <laughs> I'll bet some of those National League batters think so too, Bob. <laughs> the golden arm as he sometimes uh, referred to, Sandy Koufax. And I guess, Bob, they thought that uh, after learning up Sandy's arthritic condition in the elbow that if they could pitch him maybe once every seven or eight days they'd be doing well this year but he's already amassed 15 victories Sandy Koufax ready to go as his teammate Don Drysdale came on in the last of the fifth inning to put down the four run splurge by the American League to tie the ball game up Drysdale getting the one man out he faced now, Willie Horton of Detroit leading off. Muscular left fielder has grounded out twice, once to short, once to first. Koufax, first pitch, high fastball, ball one. Horton up there with Bobby Richardson of New York on deck, and then Versailles of the Minnesota Twins scheduled to bat. Last of the sixth inning, a 5-5 five to five ball game. Koufax winding. Here's the pitch. Low, and it's ball two, 2-0. It'll be interesting to see Kopax is so unusually developed muscularly, it takes him about uh, an inning or two to really get loosened up because he has tremendous muscular development along the left side of his back, particularly. All right, he has a 2-0 count here to Willie Horton. The next pitch is high on a fastball, and it's 3-0. And if you have to face uh, Kopax at all, I imagine it's kind of nice to face him early. <laughs> He throws any harder than that. Three balls and no strikes. Playing Horton around to the left. Infield back all around. The wind up and the left-hander's pitch. High. Ball four. He walks Willie Horton on four pitches. Horton gets on. Last of the sixth inning with the National League showing five runs, eight hits, and no errors. The American League five runs, six hits, and no errors. Here's a great little second baseman of the New York Yankees, Bobby Richardson, who will be batting for the first time in the ballgame. Having replaced Felix Mantilla of the Red Sox at second. Right-handed batting, Bobby Richardson, batting 269 in the American League season with New York. 
Here's the pitch. Inside, ball one. Richardson is uh, one of the players that the boys in the trade put in the complete category. He does about everything well. Outstanding glove man. Good hitter, excellent hit-and-run man, fine bunner. Joe Torrey out there for a quick word with Sandy Koufax. Ernie Banks holding with Willie Horton at first base. It's all tied 5-5 five to five in the last of the sixth inning, and here's the pitch. Swung on, a fly ball into left center field, carrying deep, moving over is Willie Mays, and he's got it at the edge of the warning pad. And Willie Horton, halfway to second, retreats to first. As Bobby Richardson got pretty good run on that ball, drilled it to deep left center, but Willie Mays hustled over and grabbed it. in the American League sixth inning. And here is Minnesota shortstop Zoilo Versailles. Slender right-handed batter who has made some fantastic plays defensively for the Twins. He's hit six home runs. Here's the pitch. High pop-up. Shallow left field. Will slipping down the glasses, backpedaling onto the grass. Under it has it, two down. So Versailles, after the first pitch, Pops out. The shortstop, Mari Wells, two down. With Willie Horton still on at first, and up comes the Tigers catcher, Bill Freehan. In the National League bullpen at the moment, from the Houston Astros, right-hander Dick Farrell is warming up. Bill Freehan now batting for the first time in the game. Right-handed batter. National League plays him just slightly in the left. Colfax has the sign, kicks and throws. High on a fastball, ball one. Bill Fran, a one-time University of Michigan footballer, batted 300 over the regular season uh, last year with Detroit. Takes the curve low. Ball two. Sandy Colfax who two years ago broke uh, what was his own record for strikeouts in a season. He whipped 306 batters two years ago. Last year, he was injured a good part of the season. And here's a foul off the bat of end. Two balls and one strike. But even though uh, last year, Koufax was out from, I believe, Bob, about mid-August on. That's right. He uh, had that circulatory problem, and they didn't want to uh, risk any further aggravation. But uh, he still was a tremendous pitcher. And he ended up with 19 uh, wins last year, despite missing about a month and a half. Delivers low to Bill Freehan, and the count to the Tiger catcher now goes to 3-1. And And once more, the National League catcher, Joe Torrey, walks the ball halfway out to the mound, flips it back to Sandy Koufax. We're in the last of the sixth inning. It's the National League 5, the American League 5. Willie Horton on it first, two down. Three and one, the count to right-handed batting Bill Freehan. Koufax delivers a high fastball, cut on and foul back. Three and two. Twice in Sandy Koufax's career, he has struck out 18 batters in a game. Now, Willie Horton, the runner, will be going with three and two here and two outs. Colfax, ready to go. Here's the pitch. Very high on a fastball, and he walks free end. So the American League has two on with two out. 
And Jimmy Hall, who is now batting in the number nine spot, having entered the game as a pinch hitter in the fifth inning, will be up there for the American League. Jimmy Hall of the Minnesota Twins. on second. Three in on first and two away. Jimmy Hall about uh, 175 pounds but as I mentioned a while ago has tremendous strength in his arms and shoulders and he'll hit that uh, ball a long way even to the opposite field. Here's the pitch to him. Outside on a curve. Ball one. leg is playing him slightly into right. Colfax, who has walked two batters in this inning, delivers. Fastball had him swinging that time. One ball and one strike. Jimmy Hall, who broke in uh, with a bang with the Twins a couple of years ago, hit 33 home runs his rookie year. Waiting. Colfax delivers. Strike two. Got his fastball in there. One and two. Colfax, who has been going uh, mostly with his fastball here. First inning, Sandy has been in there. Well, the National League today, it's been Marichal, who worked three very effective innings, and Jim Maloney, Don Drysdale, and our Colfax. Horton leading at second for the American League. Freehand at first with two out. The one-two pitch to Hall. Very high. Two balls and two strikes. wearing a protective shield to cover his uh, right cheekbone. He was hit by a pitch ball last year and just narrowly escaped serious injury. Takes strike three. Colfax put it in there and Jimmy watched it go by. So Colfax pitches out of the jam. Two left on for the American League. And so at the end of the sixth inning, the score, the National League five, the American League five. Ivan Boris have foiled men from D-O-D-G-E. Got plans for revolutionary Dodge government. Afraid it's better than our cars, Chief. As choice of seven big engines. Even powerful 426 V8. Bucket seats, center console, rich carpeting. Uh, no, he's a small car. He's big car. He's wild swinger, Ivan. He's cool. He's gone. He's way out, Daddy. Uh, what do you think? I'm stupid? Sure, I got plans in cigarette camera. Look, I'll show you. Even what, Chief? Is light on in phone booth? Sure. How else I see that? I... Oh, boy. Let the man from Dodge expose you to his new low price on the 65 Dodge Coronet soon. The totals now after six innings here at Metropolitan Stadium for the National League, five runs, eight hits and no errors. The American League, five runs, six hits and no errors. The National League coming to bat in the first half of the seventh. They'll have the top of the order. Willie Mays. Hank Aaron. New to face, left-hander Sam McDowell. Willie Mays, who got the National League off and running when he hit the second pitch from the American League starter, Milt Pappas, a long homer over the left center field fence. Willie walked in the second and struck out in the fourth. 
McDowell, the big left-hander, whining. Here's the first pitch. Swung on, fouled off to the right. One strike. Willie uh, Mays played for the old Minneapolis Millers of the American Association in 1951, and he was batting almost 500 when the then New York Giants called him up, and uh, he's never been down since. The pitch. Fastball from McDowell is high. One ball, one strike. McDowell, who's starting his second inning out there for the American League. With a one-and-one count to Willie Mays. Here's the windup, the left-hander's pitch. Inside and low, two balls, one strike. Willie, who entered uh, this all-star game uh, with an all-star batting average of 392 and then homered his first time up. McDowell's 2-1 pitch. It is just off the outside corner. 3-1. Willie playing in his 12th All-Star game. The wind-up, and here's the pitch. Swing and a miss. He took a rip at McDowell's fastball. And now it's 3-2. Robinson at third. It's all over size at short. Bobby Richardson at second. Harmon Killebrew at first in the American League infield. And the payoff to Willie Mays. It is high. He's on with a walk. McDowell came in with his fastball, but it failed on him, so Willie Mays is on. And now Milwaukee's Henry Aaron. Hank has failed to hit in three at-bats. He's flied to left, hit into a third, second, first double play, and popped to short. Willie Mays aboard here with nobody out. Harmon Killebrew will hold with him. The American League's outfield, Willie Horton in left, Jimmy Hall in center, Rocky Calavito in right. Bill Freehan of Detroit, the catcher. McDowell into the set, and here's the pitch. It is high, ball one. So McDowell's finding that strike zone a little elusive now as he's walked Mays and misses the first one to Aaron. Hank playing in his 14th all-star game. McDowell checking his side. Mays has a good lead, and here's the pitch. Swung on, here's a base hit through the right side of the infield, charged by Calavito. Mays on his way to third, and the National League has runners on first and third with nobody out as Henry Aaron wraps a sharp single between Richardson and Killebrew. Now, Roberto Clemente will bat for Willie Stargell. One thing there, Herb, National League fans are used to seeing, uh, it's rather unique. Willie Mays, when he rounds second on his way to third, is looking back in the direction of the ball. He never watches his coach. He's strictly on his own. And very few fellows can look backward and run forward at the great speed that Willie Mays does. And that's why he's such a great base runner. Well, the National Leaguers will a real threat now as Roberto Clemente comes up to bat for Willie Stargell, who had single and homered in three at-bats. Clemente with the Pirates this year, batting 338. And Clemente 
in all-star competition, has had six hits out of 15 at bats for a 400 average. Right down on the end of the bat, falls away from the plate as he hit the bounding ball to third. It is caught by Robinson, throw to second, no other play. They hold the other runners on a good play by Brooks Robinson, the Baltimore third baseman. That ball was headed for the hole between short and third. Robinson got over there, grabbed it, and threw on down to Bobby Richardson at second to force out Hank Aaron. Willie Mays having to hold at third. So now Clemente becomes a runner at first. Mays on third, one away. And the batter will be Ron Santo of the Chicago Cubs. Ron batting for the first time in the game. Right-handed batter with the Cubs this year. He's at 17 home runs. Sam McDowell into the set here. The big left-hander delivers. Fastball bounce out towards second base. A tough chance. Off for size club. He throws the first. Too late. And a run scores. Willie Mays comes in. And the National League regains the lead 6-5. to five On a high bouncing ball over second. The twin shortstop, Zorn Oversize, got over, got his glove on the ball, juggled it just momentarily, and made a late throw to first base. So Sano has an infield hit, and a run batted in as Willie Mays scores to put the National League ahead 6-5. to five. Clemente goes to second. And with runners at first and second and one out, up comes the Braves catcher, Joe Torre. Joe Torrey lofted a home run over the left field fence with one aboard in the first inning off the American League start at Mill Pappas. Husky right-handed batter. McDowell's pitch to him. Fastball hit back to McDowell. Throws down to second to Richardson. Out. On to first. Double play. 1-4-3 on the double play. But the National League comes up with one run. And so, at the middle of the seventh inning, the score of the National League 6, the American League 5. For the National League, six runs, ten hits, and no errors. The American League, five runs, six hits, and no errors. And Dick Farrell of the Houston Astros is on now to pitch a flame-throwing right-hander who has won seven and lost two. Threw against Ernie Banks of the Chicago Cubs was accidentally struck on the back of the head with a line drive in the ballgame at Wrigley Field in Chicago. It interrupted his uh, pitching streak for a while. But nonetheless, he's back in form. He has a fine ERA at 2.30. And defensively, now, Roberto Clemente, who is probably one of the greatest right fielders in all of baseball, will be in left field in place of Willie Stargell. So defensively, uh, Clemente in left, Willie Mays in center, Henry Aaron in right. Ron Santo at third, Wills remains at uh, short with Rose at second, Ernie Banks at first, and Farrell becomes the fifth pitcher. Just to set it quickly, Marichal went three, then Maloney for an inning and two-thirds, Drysdale and Koufax, and now uh, Dick Farrell. Pappas, Grant, Rickert, and McDowell. That's the story, 6-5, as we go to the bottom of the seventh, and you hurt. All right, Bob, and will be a pinch hitter here for McDowell. Tony Oliva of the Minnesota Twins will bat for McDowell. Oliva, the American League's Rookie of the Year last year when he led the American League in batting. Tony, uh, so far this year in the American League season, batting at 287. Farrell, the right-hander, delivers, and it's a strike call, 0-1. On deck for the American League is Brooks Robinson, with Harmon Killebrew to follow. The National League leading now 6-5 as we start the last half of the seventh inning. 31-year-old right-hander Dick Farrell. 
Into the windup delivers. Swung on a high bouncing ball after Rose. He's got it. Throws the first base. And he got him on a close play by just about a step. One of those big high bounding balls. And it's Rose to bank. Second to first for the out to get Oliva. And here's Brooks Robinson. Who has played all the way today. The Baltimore third baseman has one hit. He singled off Ron Santos' glove in the fifth inning. One for three. Farrell delivers. Outside, ball one. Farrell works rapidly. Delivers just outside. Ball two. One out, nobody on in the American League seventh inning. Uses just an abbreviated windup, delivers, and Robinson pops a foul off first base. Ernie Banks will have a play on it, and he has it. Two down as Robinson fouls out. And now Harmon Killebrew, who pulled a long home run with one on in the fifth inning to tie the ball game up. Dick Farrell, originally signed by the Philadelphia Phillies, now with the Houston Astros, out there for the National League on the mound. Dick uh, had polio as a youngster, and he still does a lot of work in behalf of polio victims. Here's the pitch to Killebrew, a strike call on the outside corner. 0-1. And the pitch is low and outside, 1-1. One one. We hear a lot about superstition in baseball, but uh, Dick Farrell... As number 13 on the back of his uniform. And the pitch now to Harm Killebrew is going outside. Two and one. Any other National League players wear that number 13, Bob? Yes, uh, Bobby Wine of the Philadelphia Phillies. The only two that we know that were number 13. And numerology doesn't seem to enter into their lifetime too much. Steve Barber of Baltimore likes number 13. Here's the 2-1 pitch to Killebrew in the dirt. Outside and low. Three balls and one strike. Two out, nobody on. And Farrell pitching carefully here to Harm Killebrew has run the count to three and one. Shortstop Mari Wills running in to have a word with the pitcher. Harmon Killebrew, who hit his second all-star homer back in the fifth inning, officially is one for two. Farrell, the big right-hander, delivers. And it's high. Ball four. And Killebrew gets on. A walk to Harmon, his second walk. The tying run is on for the American League with two out. And the batter, Rocky Colavito. Rocky one for three today. The Cleveland right fielder is grounded out, singled, and grounded out again. And the American League bullpen now, the great knuckleballing relief specialist of the Chicago White Sox, Eddie Fisher, is loosening up. Killebrew at first takes a short lead, and here's the pitch to Colavito, a breaking ball outside, ball one. Rocky Colavito, who is now doing his second uh, tour with the Cleveland Indians, having started his major league career with Cleveland and traded to Detroit and Kansas City. It's a high fly ball down the third baseline. They go foul. Santo and Wills after it, and Santo, the third baseman, grabs it for the third out. One left on for the American League. At the end of seven innings, the score is the National League six, the American League five. 
let's say so long to Plymouth's Roaring 65s. Plymouth's 1965 model year is almost over. One of the best sales years Plymouth's ever had. So right now, your Plymouth dealer is throwing one great cleanup party. And your favor is an extra special deal on your favorite Plymouth. Fury, Belvedere, Valiant, Barracuda. Now, if you come to this party early enough, you'll probably get just the color and model you want. But this party can't last. Cleaning out, and you can clean up. Come to the big cleanup party at your Plymouth dealers now. Six to five in favor of the National League in the top of the eighth, and here's Herb Kernel. Okay, Bob, and leading off against the knuckleballer, Eddie Fisher will be the Cubs' Ernie Banks, playing at first base. Ernie's been in there all the way today. One for three, a single in the first inning. Fisher into the lineup, delivers. Swing and a foul at the plate, one strike. Bill Freehan, the American League catcher, is now wearing that uh, larger than average uh, mitt. doesn't have too much padding in it. It's almost like an oversized first baseman's mitt. The better to hang on to those butterfly pitches of Eddie Fisher. One strike to Ernie Banks. The Reds' Pete Rose on deck. Fisher, the right-hander, delivers. Knuckleball is lined in the left center for a base hit. Jimmy Hall tracking the ball down in left center. Banks turns and will hold with a long single. Quick failing out there by Jimmy Hall. Holds Banks to a single, so Ernie's two for four. And it gives the National League their 11th hit of the ball game. And here's Cincinnati's Pete Rose. The switch hitter who has walked and twice struck out. Batting left-handed now against Fisher. Alvis of Cleveland, now in their third base, comes up to the infield grass. An event of a bunt. Killebrew at first holding with the runner. And the pitch is bunted down towards third. A good bunt. Alvis scoops it up, throws to second. Whoa, and he's safe. Versailles came up with a ball on a bounce. But the throw did not get there in time. Safe all around on a fearless choice. Sacrifice bunt by Pete Rose as Max Alvis of Cleveland fielded the ball wheeled through down to the shortstop Versailles covering Alvis throw was low and although Versailles came up with it cleanly the throw was there too late so now the National League has men on first and second nobody out after the sacrifice fielder's choice by Pete Rose and Maury Wells the batter Maury has hit to the pitcher fly to right single to right center Again, the American League looks for a bunt. Wills around, taps it up in the air behind the plate. Freehand digging for it. He grabs it on the run. Nice catch by Bill Freehand. Ball wasn't too high in the air, and Freehand really had to move quickly to grab it before it hit the ground. One away as Wills on the attempted sacrifice fouls to Bill Freehand for the first out here in the National League's eighth inning. And now with a pitcher, Dick Farrell due up. It appears we may get a pinch hitter. The Cubs' Billy Williams looking uh, for a bat down there at the rack over on the third base dugout. Herb, 
they have Bob Veal of Pittsburgh up uh, along with Bob Gibson, so there'll be an election going there. But if the American League All-Stars think they've seen some hummers, if Mr. Veal gets into the game, the National League uh, batters over there feel that he can throw a strawberry through a locomotive. There's going to be a big cloud of smoke over this ballpark by the time this game is over, boy. <laughs> There's Billy Williams now, left-handed batting Chicago Cubs outfielder. He was uh, selected as one of the alternates by National League manager Gene Mark. Williams batting 295 this year with the Cubs. He has 12 home runs. Eddie Fisher on the mound for the American League. And the National League threatening with Banks on second, Rose on first, and one away. Fisher kicks and throws. Knuckleball bounced foul down behind the plate. No, it wasn't a foul, and a throw to first. He's safe. They had Rose picked off as Freehan pounced on that ball, threw it down to first. Killebrew put the tag on Rose, sliding back head first. But the first base umpire, Lee Wire of the National League, ruled him safe. And at first, I thought it was a foul ball the way it uh, came out of Freehan's mitt there. But Williams, swinging, didn't get any piece of the ball. And Freehan almost picked off Pete Rose down at first. One strike now to Billy Williams. Another former rookie of the year with the Chicago Cubs in 61, Billy Williams. American League infield a double play depth as Fisher delivers. Swung out a bounding ball, hit to Killebrew at first base. He fumbles the ball, picks it up, throws to Fisher covering for the out at first, but the runners move up. I don't think they had any chance for a double play, but Killebrew had to make a quick recovery there to get Williams going down the line. First baseman to the pitcher on a putout as Banks goes to third and Rose to second. So we have two out with runners on second and third. And now manager Al Lopez is going to the mound. He's going to have a talk with Eddie Fisher. And William Mays looks like he's got on the Cincinnati batting helmet there, Bob. <laughs> well, I think he does. He has, uh, it is definitely a Cincinnati batting uh, helmet. You have Bob Lee of the American League All-Stars from the Los Angeles Angels uh, warming up. I don't know why Willie has changed uh, batting helmets. Maybe it just fits him a little better. Runners on second and third. Two out at Willie Mays, who has walked twice, homered, and struck out. Half-cut foul off to the right. One strike. The National League leading 6-5. to five. We're in the eighth inning here at Metropolitan Stadium home of the American League Minnesota Twins for the 36th annual All-Star Game. Although no game was played in 1945, but the National League here with an opportunity to take the lead in the long series for the first time. Here's the pitch to Willie Mays. Knuckleball, swing and a miss. Willie spun all the way around. Strike two. Eddie Fisher this year is using the knuckleball a lot more than he has in previous years. And it no doubt comes uh, at least in part from his association with another fine knuckleballer, Hart Wilhelm, who's also on the uh, Chicago White Sox staff. Now Fisher has Willie Mays, two strikes. Here's the windup, in comes the pitch. Bounding ball to Fisher, he's got it. The throw on over to Harm Killebrew, and the side is out. With no further damage. And so, at the middle of the eighth inning, the score of the National League 6, the American League 5. 
Let's say so long to Plymouth's Roaring 65s. Plymouth's 1965 model year is almost over. One of the best sales years Plymouth's ever had. So right now, your Plymouth dealer is throwing one great cleanup party. And your favor is an extra special deal on your favorite Plymouth. Fury, Belvedere, Valiant, Barracuda. Now, if you come to this party early enough, you'll probably get just the color and model you want. But this party can't last. Cleaning out, and you can clean up. Come to the big cleanup party at your Plymouth dealers now. Bob Gibson of the St. Louis Cardinals, another hard-throwing right-hander, is on now for the National League All-Stars. Dick Farrell went the one inning and uh, practically zeroed the board. And Gibson is on, and there has been a change at short. Leo Cardenas of the Cincinnati Reds. Possessed of what they claim is the finest throwing arm in all of baseball at short, has replaced Maury Will, so that now you have Clemente in left, Mays in center, Henry Aaron in right, Ron Santo at third, Leo Chico Cardenas at short, Pete Rose at second, Ernie Banks at first with Bob Gibson and Joe Torre. Herb, we can certainly say this has been an all-star game in every sense of the word, and the fans are getting to see all the great stars from both leagues. Well, it's a wonderful thing, and I know both managers uh, really, uh, while winning, I think was uppermost in their minds, had hoped that the game would develop so that they could use as many players as possible. And now Bob Gibson pitching here to Willie Horton, 0 for 2, and a walk for the Tigers left fielder. Dick Farrell leaving after one inning, giving up this one base on balls. Gibson, the sixth National League pitcher of the ball game, delivers and here's a foul. Back out of play, one strike. Twenty-nine year old Bob Gibson. Six one and a half, 185. Went to Creighton University uh, on a basketball scholarship. And here's a pitch over the head of Willie Horton. One ball and one strike. I understand Bob that Gibson was such a good basketball player. He played with the Globetrotters a little bit. Yes, he did. For a 1957-58 season, many National League players wished that he was still playing basketball. <laughs> the ball looks like anything but a basketball coming up there the way he throws it. Here's a swing and a miss at a fastball by Willie Horton. One ball and two strikes. Cardenas. Now it's shortstop for the National League. And here's a swing and a miss at a breaking ball by Willie Harkin. Gibson strikes him out. One down in the American League's eighth inning. And Bobby Richardson of the New York Yankees batting for the second time in the ball game. Bobby flying to center. Hit the ball pretty well back in the sixth inning. Sent it deep to left center by Willie Mays. Got over to make the catch. Right-handed batting Bobby Richardson. There's a ground ball to the right side. Rose at second has it. Throws to Banks at first for the out. Two down. Second to first to play. Two up and two down. And the American League's eighth inning. And now Zoyal oversize. 
the short. His first at bat after replacing Nick McAuliffe of Detroit, the starting third baseman for the American League today. Fireballing Bob Gibson from the St. Louis Cardinals. Into the windup. Here's the pitch. Low, ball one. Gibson, as did a lot of the Cardinals, put on a strong finish last year. Won nine of his last 11 last season to help the Cardinals stretch run for the pennant. Here's the 1-0 pitch, outside and low. And then Gibson went on to set a World Series record for strikeouts of 31. Now with a 2-0 count, the right-handed batting's all over size. Very fast to foot. Swing and a miss to the tight fastball. Two and one. Versailles playing in his second All-Star game. Gibson delivers. Low and outside. Three balls, one strike. Bill Freehan, a catcher, hopefully waiting a batting turn here. With two out of nobody on. Up by Gibson. Here's the pitch. Swing and a miss. He went for the high hard one, didn't get it. Three and two. Gibson checking his side with Joe Torrey of Milwaukee. Torrey has caught the entire game for the National League, and here comes the pitch. A little low, and Versailles gets on. A base on balls to Versailles. With the tying run on, and here's Bill Freehan. So the American League now has collected six walks off National League pitching today, plus their six hits. Detroit's Bill Freehan, right-handed batting catcher, drew a base on balls in the sixth inning. Here's a line drive to center, a base hit. For Trice turns second, he'll go to third. May's throw is not in time. Down to second goes Freehan. Runners at second and third. Freehand lining a solid single to center field and Versailles, who can really move on the base pass, going to third. Willie Mays tried to get him at third and when Willie's throw went there, down to second went Freehand. So the American League with a two-out threat here in the eighth inning. The National League leading six to five. And the batter will be Jimmy Hall as Joe Torrey goes out to talk with Bob Gibson. We'd like to acknowledge the official scores for the 36th All-Star Game here today. Alan Lewis of the Philadelphia Inquirer, Joe McGuff of the Kansas City Star, and Tom Breyer of the Minneapolis Tribune scoring the game today. All right, Jimmy Hall of the Minnesota Twins up there. Left-handed batter takes a strike, a letter-high fastball, 0-1. Jimmy has uh, been up once officially. And he was called out on strikes against Sandy Koufax in the sixth inning. He walked his first time up in the fifth inning as a pinch hitter, then stayed in a game in center field. Runners on second and third, two out. Gibson winding. Here's the pitch. Breaking ball is hit deep out to center field. Mays starts in, goes back, jumps, got it. Willie Mays almost misjudged the ball. He had to run back, jump up to make the catch, and retire the side. The American League fails to score. And so, at the end of the eighth inning, the score is the National League 6, the American League 5. 
It's human nature for all of us to try and improve our circumstances. But usually we settle for less than we'd like, for financial reasons. Today, your imperial dealer offers an opportunity to exactly reverse that situation. Now you can have far more car than you dreamed possible for far less than usual. The car is the incomparable Imperial. Quietest luxury car built in America today. And one of the most spacious. Each is lavishly equipped. In some cases, even including air conditioning. Yet all prices are substantially reduced for quick year-end clearance. A new Imperial thus presents more luxury, comfort, and value, dollar for dollar, than any lesser car you might ordinarily consider. Just think. You in an Imperial... It's a very practical idea, right now. The polls now after eight innings. The National League six runs, 11 hits, and no errors. The American League five runs, seven hits, and no errors. Also like to acknowledge, uh, Bob, some of the, I guess you'd call them unsung heroes, but who had a very important job to do here today, the batting practice pitchers. For the American League, Spud Mary of the Yankees and Billy Price of the Twins. And the batting practice catcher, Hal Narragon of the Twins. And the American League trainer, George Lance of the Twins. Pitching a batting practice today for the National League was Wade Blassing, game of the Braves, and Cal McLish of the Phillies. Their batting practice catcher was Bob Oldest of the Phillies. And the trainer was Bob Perrin of the Braves with the honorary trainer, Al Schumann of the Chicago Cubs. Now we go to the ninth inning with Eddie Fisher, the knuckleballer out there for the American League, pitching here to Hank Aaron. One for four for Henry today. He hits a long, high foul. It's going to be out of play. Down the left field line. One strike. Aaron got his base hit in the seventh inning. A ground smash through the right side of the infield, which advanced Willie Mays from first to third after Willie had walked. You play uh, moments later, uh, May scored on an infield hit by Ron Santo. Here's the pitch to Hank Aaron. Knuckleball is hit high in the air down the left field line, not too deep. Over towards the line goes Willie Horton, and the left fielder has it one away. Hank Aaron flies to the left, one down in the National League's ninth inning. That'll bring up Roberto Clemente who got into the game as a pinch hitter for one of his own teammates, Willie Stargell, in the seventh inning and hit into a third-to-second force out. Bob Clemente, who led the National League in batting last year, 339, second time in his career that he'd led the league in hitting. Swings at the bounding ball to short. Big hop for Versailles and the throw on the killer brew at first for the out. Two down. Short the first to play. from the Chicago Cubs, third baseman Ron Santo. Man of the game in the fifth inning, replacing uh, Richie Allen of the Phillies. And Santo delivered an infield hit that got the tie-breaking run across in the seventh inning. Ron Santo, 25 years old, been with the Cubs since 1960. The wind-up. And in she comes. It swung on, hit on the ground a short. Versailles digs it out, throws on to Killebrew, and the side is out. Short the first to play. One, two, three. And so at the middle of the ninth inning, the score, the National League six, the American League five. Move up to Chrysler. The most beautiful car in town this year, George Chrysler. You get comfort all around. 
this year, more people made the move up to Chrysler than ever before. If you'd like to join them, you couldn't have picked a better time. The 65 Chrysler closeout is now in full swing, and so are the savings. The selection of models and colors is still good, but going fast. So if you want to move up, get a move on. To your Chrysler dealers. to tie and two to win here in the last half of the ninth inning. We'll have the top of the batting order, which means that Tony Oliva of the Minnesota Twins will lead off against Bob Gibson of the St. Louis Cardinals. Oliva entered the game in the seventh inning as a pinch hitter and bounced out second and first on a good play by the red second baseman Pete Rose. Tony had a high hopper out there and Rose had to go to his right and make a strong, accurate throw to get him. Oliva gets down the line very fast. up by Gibson. The pitch swung on. Slap foul. Back of the plate. One strike. Max Alvitz of the Cleveland Indians on deck and then Harmon Killebrew is due up. The National League leading 6-5 to five here in the last half of the ninth inning. Gibson the right-hander with a one-strike pitch. Strike two call. Breaking ball got in there and Oliva watched it go by. 0-2. Oliva, who can't hit with power, nevertheless will hit the ball to all fields. So the National League right now is playing him pretty much straight away. Here's the pitch. Swung on, line to the left center for a base hit, and it is getting up the alley, all the way to the fence. Tomini after the ball. Oliva's at second base, he has a double. Tony Oliva lining a solid double to left center field. League has the tying run on with nobody out as Tony Oliva of the Minnesota Twins swats a solid line drive double between Roberto Clemente and Willie Mays. The ball bouncing off the fence out near the 365 side. And now from the Cleveland Indians, their fine third baseman Max Elvis, who will be batting for the first time. For the Indians, he has an average of 276. 15 home runs. Right-handed batting Max Alvis. Chokes about a couple inches. Gibson delivers. The ball is bunted up in the air. A pop-up. Gibson, the pitcher, grabs it. One away. Trying to get Oliva down a third where he might score on an infield out or a fly ball. Alvis has popped up and now Harmon Killebrew who gave this Minnesota crowd a tremendous thrill in the fifth inning when he pulled a long home run well back into the left field seats with a man on to tie the ball game 5-5. Five to five. Then the National League broke the tie in the seventh. Harmon has walked twice, homered and flied out. Gibson delivers, low and outside. Sharp breaking ball down and away. In the National League bullpen, Bob Beal, the big left-hander from the Pittsburgh Pirates and right-hander Sammy Ellis of Cincinnati, throwing. Here's the pitch. Killebrew swings and he misses. Uh, the breaking ball off the outside corner. 
The National League has six runs, 11 hits and no errors. The American League, five runs, eight hits and no errors. It's been a great ball game here before a standing room crowd at Metropolitan Stadium. Tony Oliva on second, one out. Gibson, the right-hander, delivers. And it swung on, chopped foul. He threw the curveball. And Killebrew hit over top of the wall, just chopped it foul. Harmon goes out to retrieve a straight piece of wax paper that had blown out in front of home plate. One ball, two strikes. Rocky Colavito, a right-handed batter, is due up, but Joe Pepitone, left-handed batter from the New York Yankees, is on deck for the American League now. Gibson delivers to Killebrew, and it's swung on and foul back. Again, he threw the curveball. One ball and two strikes. Gibson has the sign, the stretch, the right-handed delivers. And it swung on and missed. He struck him out with a fastball. He kept it around the outside corner. Gibson fans, Killebrew, two down. So it's up to the Yankees' Joe Pepitone, who is replacing Bill Scourin of the Chicago White Sox. Bill had to retire because of an injury. And now Joe Pepitone of the New York Yankees, who has hit nine home runs. Batted in 38 runs. Left-handed batter. He's batting for Calavito. Rocky had gone uh, one for four, driving in a run with a single. The pitch to Pepitone. A swing and a miss. One strike. So the American League now down to its last out. They trail six to five. Tony Oliva, who led off the inning with a double, is still on second with two down. One strike to pinch hitter Joe Pepitone. Gibson into the stretch. The pitch. Fastball is high. Boy, he really turned that one loose. But it sailed high. One ball and one strike. The National League leads six to five. Gibson has the sign. Here's the stretch and the pitch. Just outside. Two balls and one strike. Bob was just checking and the only American... uh, Ligger outside of pitcher who hasn't seen action today is Elston Howard of the Yankees. And here's the pitch. Curve had him swinging. Two balls, two strikes. For the National League, uh, let's see. Not having seen service today, Johnny Callison of the Phillies, Johnny Edwards, the Reds catcher, and Eddie Cranepool of the New York Mets. But it's been a very fine representation here with so many players able to perform before this overflow crowd. Here's Gibson's next pitch. Swung out and missed. He struck him out with a fastball. And for the first time in the long history of this all-star game, the National League has gone ahead in number of victories. In the ninth inning, no runs for the American League. One hit, and they left one man on. So the National League has taken the lead now in games played with 18 victories to 17 for the American League. As this uh, huge crowd of over almost 47,000 paid starts to file out of Metropolitan Stadium, 